Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, hello, and welcome to episode 144 of UX. Let us to talk. I am Becca, and as always, joined by Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening, folks. We're in the end game now, guys. This is it. Dun dun dun. That's America's ass. Yes, yeah. we have finally I've reached heard... Avengers Endgame, starring absolutely everybody. Um, I'm not going to read out the main the cast list because it goes on forever and ever and ever. But Yes, literally, just think of everybody who's been in the films. Except Dom DeLuise, because she did just go, Dan, 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 and Captain dun, dun, Chaos. Dun. Captain Chaos is not in this. Well, Captain Caveman. Well, we all... Or Captain Scarlet. Well, we all know that the the very important person in this film, anyway, is uh, Edward Snowden. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, not confirmed whether he was dusted for the five years or not. <laughs> uh-huh. um, in a nutshell, in a nutshell... Starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, <gasps> Jeremy Renner, Joss Brolin, John Tudor, Paul Rudd, Brie Larson, Tom Holland, and everybody. With music by Alan Silvestri, with a script by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, directed by Joe and Auntie Russo, and released a couple of weeks ago, 2019. Uh, well, by the time you get it, I think it'll be about, <laughs> oh, I don't know, three weeks. I'm losing my thread, right? This weekend, it'll be. it'll have been out about three and a bit weeks by the time you're listening to this so yeah uh, we're recording this on the 2nd of May a little bit ahead large of when you hear it A because we've got Captain Marvel to come in between and B we get theatres to see this now until it's released at home or you know slips out somewhere so we've kind of got to record somewhere near it this is actually our normal recording slot but it's like two or three days earlier than usual just because we've got to get something out here um, feels like we've been doing Marvel for a long time. I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way, but it's a big old long series now. And I think this film really hits home to you how much they've done in the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, long, it's as long as Bond itself, so it's like as long as our original series, more or less. We did, well, I mean, overall, we did about 10 more episodes in the Bond series than we'll have done for this. But it's comparable. And in terms of actual number of films, it's only three shy of what we did for Bond. Um, Include it because we did include a non-official film, obviously. Mm. Bond at the time of recording is at 24. This this series is at 22. So, yeah, it it really is. And um, they're 
there's I feel odd saying this because the demographic for the two series is is very different. I think part part of that is Bond's been around longer, so there are people who remember when it first came along. Um, I think partly it's because Eon haven't necessarily um, marketed very well in recent years, and I think thirdly they're not releasing the films fast enough. That I think this is the competition now, and no one's saying you've got to do three films a year, but younger the younger generation are having their um, interest taken by other things. But yeah, they're they're a bit more similar than you would expect in some respects as a series, even down to Black Panther having a little bit of bond about them and the characters having the character will return at the end of the credits and so on. Yeah, I was just I'm just trying to think now. I mean you had I mean, since Quantum of Solace, you had Iron Man come out a uh, similar time. About six months before. And um, you what, had two bomb, two more Bond well, films in between let, Marvel. Let, of well, let, 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 let's give them the first two, because bear in mind, they didn't do anything for two years after the, yeah. the Incredible Hulk. So let's take the first two off and take off the 2008 films and just say, since Quantum of Solace, what have they done? And it's 20 to 2. And when you hear, well, yeah, but it's different groups and different people and different leads and all the rest of it. Well, the Russos have done four of those and all four of them had the same leading man in. And in fact, two of them were flat out Captain America films. Yeah. Um, so and it was it was three shoots, obviously, Infinity War and Endgame were one massive shoot, really, albeit with reshoots. Um, I don't know that I, I, you know, what are we comparing? No one's expecting them to match mm. Marvel. No one's expecting them to do a film a year. I don't even think we're expecting a film every other year necessarily. What I think I'd be expecting with Bond is a film every two to three years, but a bit more auxiliary content in between to keep like, uh, up to keep building a fan base and keeping people interested. Not a film with no idea of where they're going next. Five years of radio silence really shit marketing and then finally the film's back um what marvel have done in the build-up to this film i mean look at how it opened look at how marvel are opening films full stop um and that is quality marketing yeah well i think you know this is like a decade you know of building up to something so obviously everyone's gonna want to see this it's not just like, oh, well, it's Cap or it's for, you know, we all have our favourites. I'll give that on miss or I'll catch that home release. It is, it's all been building up to this ever since we saw the first Avengers and you had the, the brief tease of Thanos. Everything's been building up to this. And I, it, and it's and it's kind of odd. I mean, I, I think I think I said to you, like, on a, I can't remember if I said it on the chat on or after, like, a previous show, but um, I'm kind of jealous of you know, of kids today in regards to this, because imagine I like... Think t- I think, uh, uh, apologies if you are hearing this again, listener, but I, I, I am 90% sure we discussed this off air, Chris. So yeah. That conversation, repeat all that, because we had this conversation at Yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying, I was just saying, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was like on, online, so, I've, you know, I don't think I repeat myself on the show, but I'm actually jealous of young people who like, say, let's say you're like, you're, you're nine or something, and you saw Iron Man in the cinema, and you've literally grown up, had a dull decade, grown up with this, and now you're seeing Endgame. Like that, I can't think of anything like that. It's amazing, yeah, it's isn't it? Mind blowing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, even even if you're like a young kid today, I mean, like you know, I'd like, 
you know, on second showing, still, I, I you know, I had like a, a young kid, like young lad, come, like come out and and just saying, I was, I, I was, I was, I was crying at the end, you know, and like this is like a young kid, you know, it's like seeing invested in Iron Man and shit, and so thinking, well, you know, Marvel have done some fucking work here; they've actually earned their stripes, you know, so. I think that's a key point that there's a sometimes a bit of snobbery thrown at this series. Oh, if you just want a load of light, stupid humor, cookie cutter, all the films are the same, not a real film, corporate product, all the rest of it. Some truth in some of those elements, by the way. Of course, it's a corporate product and all the rest of it. But I choked up badly at this film, and I've seen it more than once, and I've choked up badly yeah. more than once. Yeah. I was invested too. You know, and with they're not real people. I know the difference between reality and fiction, but I but I came back and wanted to watch Iron Man again because I wanted to see sort of Tony back when he was younger and in his prime. And you know, I I've invested in this as well, and it's very hard, very very rare franchise. I don't look down my nose at franchise filmmaking at all. That's what this series is. This series of podcasts is. Um, and we started uh, one of our favorite things in the world is James Bond franchise. So we love all that. But at the same time, it's very rare franchise filmmaking moves me like this. So, yeah, our Marvel have absolutely earned everything they're now getting off the back of this. And what amazes me is you, you even because what I think what makes it work, especially with, like, say, Tony Cap or even, say, Black Widow, um, well, Get, we'll get into that later, but um, it, it actually makes sense if you look through the entire category of the film. Even the films that we say are we less of a fan of, like you know, um, Age of Ultron. That everyone's a, 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 fan, a fan of that one, but it's still it again today. It's, yeah. it, it, but it's still important. It still actually is important in terms of yes. the character arc. It's you a know, very important film. It really uh, is. Yeah. Uh, for for Dark World, it's, it's still. I mean. Not not a very good film, but it's still important. It still has to explain certain things and and make sense within that within the character. Iron Man two as well. You know, all these things build up on character, and they may not be in good films, but you know, when combine them as a whole, as a whole journey of some of of someone, it all makes sense. And I think the way they've ended um, the the character's arc is is fully earned, fully makes sense, and is really well executed. I mean, uh, the, the the way this film ends, I don't think they could have ended any any more perfect than they, than they did here. I, I, you know, I, I can't think of a, a better way to 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 end some of these characters. Well, let's let's talk about sort of opening thoughts on the on the film. Then, first though, I would like to say, Becca, did you find yourself forget this film per se? But have you found yourself emotionally involved with this sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe in the sort of way that Chris and I are describing? A little bit, in part. Um, I guess I, I kind of, I'm kicking myself really because I haven't sort of read, you know, read any comics. Obviously, like my, my late granddad, for example, my dad's side, obviously grew up with him and had a collection of them and then passed them on to my dad, um, who then I think sold them <laughs> or, or did something. Um, not quite sure why. Um, but yeah, I think it's something because I've kind of only got into from the cinematic side, um, only sort of being, I don't know, being kind of educated about all the different characters in the world kind of through through osmosis, really. Um, but no, I think, you know, as it's gone on, I've managed to get into it a little bit more when we, 
you know, do a bit of reading around it. And um, I think it's kind of been like a surrogate Bond always for me where, you know, there haven't been as many Bond films. Yeah, there's certainly, I can't think of another series that have been as, as prolific, um, certainly within the last 10 years. Um, so I think, hmm, good question. <laughs> but no, I, I think in terms of, you know, wanting a, a new... Um, a new property to get enthused about and to get excited about. Um, Bond has taken quite some time. Obviously, now in recent weeks, Bond Twenty Five has finally got on. Got well, do you, on, you remember know, when? Got, got up there, but it's just one of those things, really. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm still yeah, it's, it's just still you know, it's nice to kind of to get in there and find something to get enthused about for sure. Um, well, I've pretty much stopped buying physical film media now. But I heard today Feige announcing that there would be a 22 disc Infinity Star. Well, not even yeah, they're doing the, the box set, aren't they? Film. And it remind it took me back to 2012 with the Bond 50 box set that came out, and we waited for it months. We were we've been waiting for it for years for Bond to make its debut on Blu-ray in a complete set. And I think we probably certainly you and I, Becca, will have had Chris less so because he'd not long bought the DVD. Uh, the DVD set, but you and I probably had that Blu-ray set on fucking pre-order forever. Mm. Um, and I remember I had it on like Amazon Prime or something. And for whatever reason, we got to the Monday morning and they hadn't posted it. So I like instantly ran around the corner. Blockbusters was still open just. <laughs> and I ran around the corner to Blockbusters and they had it on sale for roughly the same price. So I immediately like got hold of my phone. Cancelled it and bought the version in because I could not wait. And I just think Marvel's the only thing in recent years where I've seen something comparable where you can just see a massive body of work. And obviously, there's pluses and minuses to the two because there's 11 years from start to finish and the same group of people and so on. And that makes it a more focused body of work. But there is something about picking up a Bond set and it's got a 1962 film in it and a fucking 2008 film in it. Yeah, it's a You know what I mean? It's it, it's covering a whole sort of two or three generations. So they have different strengths and weaknesses, no doubt. I just but... to think, what other, in terms of like film series, I just want to go through my collection and see, but obviously it's a very niche collection. Um, like, yeah, I can't really think of anything else like it really that's still... That's, well, maybe there was a um, period where Star Wars was thought Star Wars, Star Trek. When when they finally brought out the Blu-rays, I think it was 2011, something like that. When they finally brought out the six films on Blu-ray, albeit you know the special editions and so on, which is not yeah. But even allowing for that, that was kind of exciting because you could own all of Star Wars at home. Yeah, for the, for the first, first time. time. Yeah, so, that's kind of really a landmark, and I think this is probably going to like be this. the same. Not like no, this. This, is, this has been something else. A and little bit different. It, just the whole style of storytelling, and it, and it will kind of affect my rankings, because I've got... I don't know how to judge films that aren't completely self-contained films, but no. at the same time, Tony Stark's popped up in films that aren't his, like Spider-Man, and ha- without really unbalancing that film. And, you know, There's we been said, a bit of Iron Man 3 was a different film than it would have been had they only been making Iron Man films because his story was taken on in the Avengers. Similarly with Captain America. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, was probably not the same film as it would have been had it been a true second appearance of that character. 
So it's it's just been something, and and what I think makes it more special is no one else is matching this. No, everyone's tried. All the studios have gone. We're going to have this cinematic universe, and they've all fucked it up. I was just thinking, obviously, because now it's it's part of Disney, the great Disney monster, um, the Great House of Mouse. Um, but not even like fans. Correct me if I'm wrong. But in terms of like, but you can't. Obviously, Disney films are still being made. Um, I don't think you can kind of buy a box set of like the classic Disney movies you or can. like the more modern ones. But no, no, you, you can. You, you can do. buy them exactly. Yeah, they released a fifty-five. I think it's yeah. fifty-five disc. Exactly. You can. You can. You can still. You know, you can still buy it. But I'm trying to think what other. I think. Other ones I think a lot of it. I think a lot of them is going to be on Disney Plus as well. So like, if they if they are reserving yeah. some of them, they're probably saving it for that. Like a lot of Marvel stuff I mean, is going to be on Disney yeah. Plus. I mean, box sets are becoming a thing of the past anyway. And frankly, if most of the Avengers. For example, if it's not like Netflix, where they have typically on. I was going to say that the sort of best place, the ideal place now to find boxes is, is streaming rather than physical media, for sure. Yeah, but when you look at Netflix, in British Netflix, there's probably about three Marvel films on there as I speak, and on US Netflix, I'd guess there's five because they've mm. got like a few more. Um, if it's like that, then yeah, at any one time you're missing most of it. Mm. But if it does launch, and by the middle of next year, you've got like. 15 to 18 Marvel films on there, if not all of them, then I'm perfectly happy with that because I can get a bit nostalgic one night and watch Iron Man, you know? Exactly. It's generated nostalgia quite quickly. In fact, I watched Age of Ultron today. Now, Age of Ultron is a 2015 film. It came out four years ago, that's all. But a couple of the actors have visibly aged in that time. Uh, which is not a problem, but they just have. So suddenly, so think everybody looks so young. Suddenly, there's a bit of nostalgia for it. It's like remember when, and, and it's like four years ago. But yeah, they've they've crammed. Seems a long time so ago much. now with everything that's gone on since. Yeah, the only thing I, I'll say is phase one is if you were to compare it directly to Bond, well, Bond came out of the gate a little bit faster than phase one because phase one is patchy against the whole piece, whereas. The first handful of Bond films are still arguably the best Bond films. Although Iron Man's probably stronger pound for pound than Doctor No, but you take my meaning. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there was a bit them, of a... It took them a while to find their feet, whereas, of course, Bond had Fleming. Yeah, I mean, um, it was only by the first Avengers film where it, things really sort of sort of took, took off, you know... Positively, at least if they knew, right, we're definitely onto something now. Uh, but even after that, they still like fumbled about a bit. It wasn't until after, like, say, Winter Soldier, really, where they were like just start to fly uh, beyond that. Um, you could argue a lot. I mean, we we often talk about that with Bond, don't we? Like, which are the really important Bond films? Mm. It's not even which are the best ones, because like I've made no secret of the fact I don't think Goldeneye is as good as its general represent reputation. Yeah, but it's really important. There's, there's Skyfall. In... Skyfall's important. Um, uh, yeah, four year gap. Quantum of Solace disappointing. You, you know, last chance with that leading man. Really, if if it went badly. Tina Fey has to come back. Yeah. Spy, you love me. Spy, you love me stands out because Man with the Golden Gun was such an underperformer next to Live and Let Die. So, I would say you know, also a film like Goldfinger or Thunderball, first one to see, break agree. the box office. I agree, but I don't. In that the first two were they they were growing in a linear fashion. In that like the first one did about sixty, the second one did about eighty. It, yes, it's the film where it exploded, 
but I think they were already established. I'm talking about the films where they're in a bit of trouble, really. Um, ah. But those two films are. That's important. what you mean. Yeah, important in terms. They set of, the template, yeah. and I suppose on that basis, the Avengers is really important. The Winter Soldier was important because it just showed me these these films could be just more. And I, I think they'll still struggle to top that as a solo outing, ever. But um, yeah, it, it's all been. I've, I'm still kind of a bit, a little bit spellbound by it. And if you go back and listen to our entire series, it's not like we've sat here and praised a high heaven every film. We haven't. We're not. We're certainly not. You know, fanboys over this stuff. We've 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 been lukewarm on a fair number, but somewhere around 2014 they really got their shit together and they've mm. been exceptionally consistent since and there's only really been a couple of films i haven't liked in that time i think consistency is the major thing i mean like you had like a few proper belters but even the bad ones were just kind of like yeah okay but still acceptable probably like you know what you what you would expect from a standard blockbuster anyway so there was always like um, a certain um, yeah. expectation. You you know you weren't you know you weren't going to be like you weren't going like to go Pixar, in. You're in safe hands usually. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're not going to walk out thinking, "Well, that was absolutely bollocks." You're going to walk out think thinking somewhat satisfied. At, at least it's on a, a at of, least on a first viewing, you know. Yeah, and I think it's a sign of how out of whack our expectations have got that people talk about say the dark world like it's a crime against cinema and it, it it's okay it's just very weak next to like most marvel product mm. but i'm sorry i take that over stuff like x-men apocalypse every day of the week because that film was actually incompetent um you know a lot of things over that film stay, and, and, stay and tuned for next month film. dave <laughs> well yeah dark phoenix is not out at the time of recording oh, uh, all kind i hope of that's not another like, turkey oh it's gonna be shit <laughs> it looks, it looks in, like it will be it was filmed two years ago they've reshot the fucking thing twice Me- they've got a failed writer directing it Me- made by <laughs> the same release it to home release It'll made by the same guy who did last stand i mean just think about that it's like using the same guy who read who did like the, the same storyline from last time round. It would be a bit like if Sylvester Stallone's second film had been like a Rocky State, remake. But he was a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, in his it, third it, film, it, he goes, "What about if he's a sportsman? I don't know, like football or something." <laughs> no, it's kind of like it's kind of like getting Sly to direct like the Rocky remake. It's like, what? what what's the point? <laughs> yeah. It's well, not you know. Well, at least that'll be like vaguely different now. No, it's just like. Well, you're just repeating yeah. yourself blatantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is most made worse than this. I, there are at least two or three DC universe entries that are worse than this than anything they've done, in my opinion. Um, Suicide Squad, I think, although it was reasonably enjoyable. So, I mean, on an entertainment basis, it was fine. But just look at anything in the logic of that film and it's utter horseshit. That's worse than anything Marvel have produced. I think Batman versus Superman is worse than anything Marvel have produced because I just fucking hated it. I thought it was dreadful. Um, they've upped their game in recent months. The last two or three DC entries have been pretty good, and I don't hate Man of Steel like to the degree a lot of people do. But you know, if you look at the competition, a shit Marvel film, even at the very outset, was just weak. There, there are no real cinematic crimes here. They just, they just really aren't. No. So, 
But um, um, as for first reaction to this film, I went to, I had a ticket to see it on the Friday night it opened. Uh, then I got asked by friends uh, if I could go along on the Saturday, and I said fine because I need to see it a couple of times for a podcast anyway. And then on the Thursday, I was just so impatient. I couldn't wait. So I have I saw this film three days in a row. And the devil will be in the detail in that I walked out knowing I'd seen something very special. I'll nitpick this to death, by the way. I, I really will. There's a lot in it where, uh, where you go, well, the logical outcome of that is this. And you go, yeah, that's not that sensible. But for, for, for heart, for performances, for wrapping up character journeys, for making me almost believe these were real people to some degree. I mean, as I say, I got nostalgic for early Tony Stark when I left and things like that. Um, from just making me feel something, which is really tough to do. Um, and I, I probably, there's only other one, one other film this year that's sort of done that to me. So I came out really, really happy with it. But I did come out with about nine or ten things where I thought, yeah, I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure that makes sense and i'm not sure about that and the problem with something like that when you're writing a review is you're aware that whatever you write you might look stupid hours later because you praise it and then you get and then suddenly it occurs to you those things i thought are actually film breakingly bad yeah or vice versa nitpick something and then you actually work them out a few hours later what i will say is or you might um, go oh i missed that bit when they actually explained it oh shit <laughs> um, i've seen a lot of it on social media in fact social media has been very positive uh, there's a few people saying oh infinity war was better and all that i think a lot of people will just pick the earlier anything just because i think humans are naturally nostalgic creatures so you know <laughs> if it was six weeks earlier it would be better you know what i mean but uh, I, i've seen the two threads of complaints i've seen are one that there's a load of plot holes and in some cases, we'll talk about it tonight and figure out whether they're still plot holes. Some of them I thought my way around. Some of them are definitely not. Um, some of them are people misunderstanding the film. So I did I did read remarks like, well, of course they can get Black Widow back. Gamora came back. And it's like, you haven't really watched the film, have you? <laughs> How's everyone the same age at Spidey's film? You haven't watched the film, have you? Um, I don't understand that because Cassie's older. You know, Ant-Man's daughter's older. And all Peter's school friends are the same age. Like, you haven't watched the film, have you? Um, have they have they gone back in time? No, they haven't. And so on. And the other tra- trend I'm uh, young, I'm seeing a lot of young men saying first two hours are really boring. And actually, they just wanted action. That's all they wanted. And that's why they will probably always prefer Infinity for War, because that's the, the sort of galaxy-spanning, um, you know, uh, action set pieces left right and center film this isn't this is something else this is a film the first act is 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 fairly mournful in tone although it's still marvel it's still seeded with action but that's quite brave superhero films don't do do that normally the second act is a caper film and we'll get to that i love it uh and the third act is action but the main action sequence of it's only 10 minutes or so and that suits me because I've seen stuff like the original Guardians film where it just went on forever and I was fucking sick of it. It did feel like 10 minutes, but I don't know. It might, it might be just one of them things. I mean, it is one of those... I, actually... I, I don't know where they're counting from, to be fair. I think they it... could be counting from uh, yeah, the source of opening the portholes. Yeah. And, of course, they had some action before that. But 
what I'm trying to say is um, it's quite a balanced film. I think it, it's balanced. That It's made the talking stuff interesting. I think that I've got very few character journey issues. I've read, I've read one or two issues about Black Widow's journey. We'll talk about it. But I don't have a problem. I have a problem with it in execution, but I don't have a problem with it being emotionally unsatisfying that she dies there. I really don't. But I have a problem with how they do it, and we'll talk about it when we get there but i just couldn't be happier the problem when i come to ranking will naturally be how do you rank this it's an installment and it's it's chuck everything at it it's not it's not a discreet piece of work in the same way as something like the winter soldier is but it's an historic cinematic achievement and i without question now but believe it to be it's a different beast, but I prefer it to Infinity War, and I dare say it's a better film. It's, it's is it more ambitious? No, it's not. As, it's not as. I mean, if it was a Bond film, you'd be saying globe trotting, but it's not. It's galaxy trotting, if you like. Time hopping. Time hopping as well. Time heisting. But I mean, they're they're trying to do so much here, and they barely barely drop the ball. And I've heard. But enough in recent days on a couple of things I wasn't sure about that tell me actually the Russos are entirely consistent in their own head. They know what they're doing. So I'll I'll stop there. Yeah, I kind of like for um, you know first few and I thought eh, I'm not sure if that all ties up yet. But I was sensible enough to kind of go yes, but it's a three hour film and you just let it washed over you. Well, I had um, to write. It, and it's Chris. like you know, it's like I okay. Had to parade the stupidity immediately. Yeah, you you, you kind of had to go. Well, you know, I might did I did, did I well, did I miss a few explanations or or will it be explained in future films? You know, kind of thing. It might be like oh, I, might, I might watch um, the spy uh, Spider Man Far From Home or or whatever the, the next one's down the line. And go. Oh, of course they've kind of explained that. That kind of makes a bit more sense now. Uh, but then so sometimes you think well. Sometimes, especially when in terms of time travel, sometimes you you gotta just sort of go, yeah, what, just just go with it, because you know what is time travel? Do do we do we all understand? I mean, one 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 of the things I actually quite liked is how they uh, they they it kind of reminds me from Dust Till Dawn, you know, when when they kind of like all sit around sort of like say trying to trying to explain the the ethics of time travel. It's like, hang on, you're just going off like what. What what movies are said? Like how how how's this based on and actually real science based on time travel? So it's yeah. kind of like the bit into Dust to Dawn where they kind of like hang on, don't actually sort of have any knowledge on real vampire shit, or are we just going off what what or some we sort just of, going off what some movie said? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, was it? They uh, did actually talk to a few sort of physicists to try and understand what current thinking is. Yeah, um, but at the end of the day, you kind of consult and consult and then forget about it in that it is about telling the story and it's about how internally consistent you are i won't argue with any of the rules they set up we'll only argue about how they're applied yeah because yeah because you don't know you could just like they could just say these are the rules in, in this universe you'd be like well fine because and they had you know no it's somewhere in time you're supposed to lay in a room <laughs> with nothing in it and say it is 1912 i mean I I really really want wanting them to do an Austin Powers a bit and just sort of like I just sort of explain. I suggest you just like try not to think about it and just enjoy yourself. That goes for you too. <laughs> and I, and I, and if they generally just ripped off that Austin Powers, like literally turned to the screen and everything, I would have gone like, "Yep, yeah, absolutely will. We will fine." Have 
Well, we'll have to discuss some of it, but I think what we'll say is, if we get to a point in this film where we can't explain something, I don't think the film falls apart. It's doing so much and doing it so well that we'll just go, okay, maybe that is a bit of a hole, but we're not sure. And the fact is, with all the plot holes in it, if there are any, we're not 100% sure, you know. There may be explanations for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very minor that, like, that, I mean, maybe we'll get into it, but I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to think of any hardline ones. I mean, the only, the only real question mark is for me is like the the Spider Man one. I'm but, down to three or four. I'm yeah, down to three or four. But I've written them down, so I'll either remember to come across them or I won't. Um, I, I, I'll say now. Um, cap at the end, but I think the Russos have explained it. I did have an explanation for it in my head. And it's not the quite the one they've given in that they haven't given one. They've said, yes, there is a story there. Uh, but we'll come to that because I had a th- sort of idea in my head. Um, what happens to Loki? We need to talk about. Um, and there were a couple of others. Uh, Spider- the Spider-Man one's explainable. That's not a problem. Yeah. Um, but w- more than that, it's actually the logical outcomes of some of the decisions here in that it all works in the film, but you go know what's their life going to be like and again we'll talk about it as we get there I think because of its enormity I do struggle but um, yeah I, I'm really struggling even though I've seen it a few times now I'm still like oh my god um, yeah it's, it's not so it's the quickest film to make it to the one billion mark at the box office um, you, yeah you can't really deny it as you said Dave it's kind of it's a real behemoth um, and it's a real landmark piece of cinema it's kind of it's a, a, as far as i'm concerned it's kind of up there with with the greats um in terms of like all-time classic movies um not just all-time like comic book movies but cinema in general i don't think we'll see another one like it in, in a long long time as i say it's not it's not perfect there are some plot holes um or or kind of things where you just have to think oh and suspend your disbelief or just think oh yeah there's a marvel movie that's fine um, also, there's fantasy, so there's a lot of fantastical elements as well. So you can't try and shove logic where it doesn't apply. Um, but yeah, I, I, take, I, you know, I, I do really um, get that Russo Brothers are really up their game each time with this, with the Avengers thread running through all the films, um, and how everything is tied together has done so in such an utterly brilliant way. Um, very emotional. It's, it's literally when it, when it comes to ranking this film, um, the series, it's going to be really, really hard. But it's kind of it's going to be up there with the likes of the first Avenger movie and, as you say, Winter Soldier. Um, just because purely it's kind of it's got for me it's like one of these films that has everything. I mean, you've got like the emotion, you've got the action, you've got the kind of the the dialogue, the you know the you even see you know Tony and Cap arguably water under the bridge, but there's still a little bit of tension there, and that becomes very um, very poignant towards the end. Um, it crosses all all, all genres, all. Um, Galaxy, so it just it covers a wide range of, 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 of scope and scale. And as I say, I don't think we'll see anything quite like it for many years to come. Um, for They'd me, have to build it all again, wouldn't they? That's the thing. They've got to they would have to take now. it all to pieces we're and back, start again. We're back in a situation like we were like midway through phase one now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, they'd literally have to start it, it all again. Some... I should think because in terms of like the battle scene, I, I think Lord of the Rings is probably the last time we saw something like that on that sheer scale. It's kind of like Helm's Deep style. It, it it kind of reminded me of I think that's the, the intention of like you know when you, if you read a comic 
and you see these big battles, just like this big two-page spread where you got literally it's everyone. It's amazing. And it's like... It, yeah, uh, literally everybody. Which was nice, you know. Usually, you forget, you forget that, you know, like you know, they they couldn't, they haven't really done that before, you know. With there was a shot no, where they were all, they were all, all the armies were lined up, which was very Lord of the Rings. You're mm. absolutely right. But mm. there was like giant man in the background, and then there was Cap in the, the foreground, and there was a bit of everything everywhere. And then suddenly, I saw Sam fly over the top, mm. and I thought, that's a comic book panel. It just is. It is pretty much. I think because I think the last time we saw that certainly on the cinema screen if not in another Marvel movie. Um, it was like Ready Player One, for example, um, that adaptation, um, where they reach the tower, and it's just like every pop culture character and game reference crammed into one, blink and you miss it. Um, but I think, yeah, on, on, in terms of scale, I think it's kind of, it does go back to kind of Lord of the Rings, kind of that style, mythic, um, mythic uh, storytelling, and it's going for scale, but literally, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the comic that I used to read in the 90s. Um, very embarrassing. But yeah, I, no, I go for it, name some... it. I, I used to no, read uh, 2000 um, AD. No, it's not as my cool comment. as that. I won't, I won't admit. Um, but no, it's, 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 I think they, they were trying to be kind of like, obviously <laughs> Marvel DC. Dave like they, they was Viz. Viz. Yeah. <laughs> Viz, it's all good. Little combat, yeah, yeah. I'll go wrong. I kind of was. <laughs> 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 I think how he turned out. He's yeah. fine. It was the bit where Captain America's bollocks were in a wheelbarrow. And I'm like, that's, a comic, <laughs> that's like a comic book panel, I thought. <laughs> but um, you know, reading similar non uh, comics. And, and who'd have yeah, thought that's how they like actually that. end it? <laughs> I know, shock horror. Marvel actually owned by Viz, ladies and gentlemen, didn't you know? But no, yeah, seeing something on that scale and now many years on um seeing it brought to the cinema screen is nothing short of minor miracle really um but i had a fabulous time with this one um really enjoyed it recently took my dad to see it he also enjoyed it um though i think he thought the end bit kind of dragged and it kind of ended a few times which i'll kind of agree with him about but no this yeah, is a real it, nice it's not a return of the king the return of the king was ludicrous it, it got to a <laughs> point where epic. it was like oh come on Really? Get on with it now, come on. I always remember Jack Nicholson saying to somebody, he said, what they were, you know, he left after like the fifth of 11 endings, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, like he what, they were another six? <laughs> it's not quite like that. I think I think they land the ending remarkably well and give it the space it deserves. But, no, they don't really, because it's a very um, emotional ending. And I kind of, I can see, you know, what his point would be, they did kind of end it several times. But I think it's it's got to be there, really. I think, had they... You know, then the kind of there's a sort of climax section of, of the massive end battle, and I thought, had they clipped it there, I would have thought, hmm, felt a bit short changed. So. I mean, it would have been fine because we've basically seen the retirement of two characters, so like after one, one would be usually enough, but because you're doing an- another one at the end, you, you kind of had to do the extra thing. Um, but they both really land because they both sort of like sort of stay true to that to that to those characters. They're themselves. the two we cared about. And they yeah. felt at the end of a journey in the way that mm. Thor isn't. So um, I think, you know, the, the obvious key point with anything is a five-star review is not a perfect film. It's a film where the faults don't really matter. And I think that's that's one thing to stress at the outset because we're going to go into this and start picking at the logic of, of it and making fun of certain bits and so on. But the overall effect of this film is nothing short of remarkable. And with that, shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yes. So, uh, where do we start? Um, when do we start? When we start, at, we start about at the beginning. two minutes before the dusting happens with Hawkeye. 
Yes. Hawkeye is on his on his farm. He's on his land. Um, it's only when I watched it a second time I realised he was on his land. I thought he was at some public park, and I thought, hey, they're quite loose on those regulations around the tank, <laughs> aren't they? Um, he's on his own land, uh, and he's teaching his daughter to shoot. And again, just talking about the family elements, I watched Age of Ultron today. The youngest boy there, she was pregnant with him during the events of that film. He's born during, right at the end of Age of Ultron. So again, just talking of that family journey, he's teaching his daughter to shoot. I think his eldest, I think the eldest might be a boy and the youngest is a boy, something like that. They're with mother while she's putting hot dogs together, Laura. He puts mayo on a hot dog. Um, I have done. Well, normally <laughs> garlic mayo. It's a bit unconventional. Well, I don't know <laughs> not, why not that wasn't an option. That was weird. <laughs> But yeah, he's just teaching the boys like stuff. ketchup. Like, yes. Yeah, it was like mayo and mustard. It's like, well, where, where's ketchup? I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you have ketchup, then why are you? <laughs> yeah, which means they got what they deserved. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. Imagine um, having both mayo and mustard. We can talk about our close... if you if you prefer mayo or mustard on your on top, let us know. If you think they deserve to be dusted for their poor <laughs> culinary choices, write to us. Oh, dear, uh, dear. I, uh, the one thing, uh, there were a few predictions in the, I think there's, certainly Act 2 was predicted in broad strokes. I think there was an element of, we think thought there was going to be some time travel. Most of the rest of the film wasn't really predicted. Um, but I think we all guessed from trailers, Barton had lost everyone. Yeah. And of course, he does. Yeah, well, he, 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 even his tattoo well. artist. Yeah. Well, I don't know because his tattoo isn't done at this point. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, he lo- he loses all of them. Yeah. So yeah, he's got three children and a wife. So four of the five of that family are gone. Again, a key point for plot holes later on and stuff like that. It's not linear. You could have a classroom full of thirty people and twenty nine of them go. The room next door, two of them go, and you just—it's kind of random. Mm. And then we cut. To, I think we go straight to but, the Marvel logo. Then, yeah. Uh, by the way, um, uh, I've got I've gotten the actor's name. Jesus Christ, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> he's he's actually pretty good in this. Really, I think he's probably the best he's been in in a Marvel film. Um, I agree. Uh, he got he got a really good sense of like uh, you know of the the family man dynamic and you know. Uh, so you you really do feel that sort of oh, sense of. Oh, he felt loss. like a real family. Yeah. And I and I think that the subtle way of like him just like kind of, it, 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 they they don't they don't dust in front of him, so he doesn't really know. So you see like kind of like the dust. He turns around and you could just see, but again, it's outside the rural yeah. area. That could have been a little breeze caught a few little. But bits we of know, and it's like it's just heartbreaking. The fact, you know. Yeah, and we know when he looks back to find his daughter and she's not there. Yeah. We know his the rest of his family are disappearing behind him, hmm. so it's just happening out of sight, and it, it's played really, really well. We cut straight to the logo, which I did not realise everyone that because I, I made a point during the Ant-Man and the Wasp recording, which was after my first screening of this. I think, I think I may have even have done all my screenings by the time we recorded that. I said that they they subtly changed the logo because I saw a coyer on there. Actually, yeah. the logo is completely changed. Everyone that's dusted is not on it at all. I only right, found yeah. that out a couple of days ago. Exactly. Yeah, everyone who basically, who, yeah, everyone who's, who remains behind. So the Sam wouldn't be there, for example. 
and Falcon has traditionally been on that logo. But yeah. I'll have to pick that up on home release now. No, that's quite interesting, isn't it? I was kind of, because you mentioned it, and I thought, oh, I must pay attention the first time around rather than let it wash over me. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, good spot. Fun fact. And, um, yeah, we, we, we cut to uh, Tony and Nebula on, on the ship, and they're basically playing. They're playing some football thing. Now, yeah. of course, football's different in this country. So when when he when he credits her with the first goal, I'm thinking, no, she's fired that miles over the bar. Then I realised, oh no, it's not soccer, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought she'd missed, and he was just like patronising her. Yeah. It doesn't become quite clear till he's at home how thin uh, uh, Tony Stark is here. Yeah, I, I think you can kind of tell when he's doing the message when he like he uh, he gets the helmet. And, um, I still thought that could have been lighting. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I could, I could see from his shoulders that he just like, oh, he, he he's he he looks what he looks skinny, you know. So yeah. obviously they must have been there for a long time. Um, just well, over three weeks, and they've got hardly any food. And um, yeah, one of the nice sort of touches are like just before. And, and after he, he records his mes- message to Pepper, which is what, what we see in the trailer, he, he wipes like the side of the uh, side of the eye of the Iron Man helmet. I thought, oh, that's a nice little sort of symbol symbol of a, of a tear, really. But um, yeah, so he, he looks really worn out. Leaves a message on the on the sheer chance that she it's gets fine. it if she's still around. You know, it's day twenty two. Uh, the cells, the fuel cells cracked, but he managed to techno babble and get 48 hours of flight out of it mm. and now they're dead in the water and you get outside shots of it and it isn't it just isn't moving at all oxygen will run out the next day you can see them finishing off like a bag of crisps or something they've, they've there's hardly any food left and he's trying to share what he does have with nebula again uh, how far tony stark has come as a character is you know and he basically says if he drifts off it'll be thinking of her as messages for pepper and, it, and he says, like, I hope you're there. Oh, God, you! I hope you still are. He's got no idea who survived on Earth at this point. Yeah. And, he, he, and he's basically sort of expecting to die now. He's literally just like, I was like, I'm hoping I could pull off one one off, but... Um, I was hoping I would pull off one more miracle, and I couldn't. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't look like it. Um, feels really desolate. Not over long. Um, Nebula, you can see the change in that character as well, because as he drops mm. off, she's trying to make sure he's comfortable uh, and then as he's drifting off we see a blinding light shine a light <laughs> yeah yeah but we and, see we uh, see Captain it, Marvel yeah so yeah a bit of a miracle she found him but they found him and she she takes them home because she says he says something like they're 5,000 light years from the nearest like whatever mm. story says but anyway, yeah, uh, so Captain Marvel takes them back to basically Avengers HQ. Uh, Steve Rogers is there. He's just finishing off having a shave. Who is there? It would be, at this stage, it will be Natalie or Natasha. Him. Is it Rhodey? Yeah, Ro- Rhodey, yeah. Rhodey's there. Pe- uh, Pepper's there. And Pepper. Yeah. I, was Banner there at this stage? Oh, and, Banner's uh, Rocket's there. there as well. Banner and Rocket. Four, but I don't think Thor's not like... No, Thor's not there at the moment. Yeah. Is he? Is he? 
No, he's not. He, he he's he's down in that scene though. He's not like there when they arrive, but he's like there and in that scene where they're like. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I don't think he went outside. Um, and it's just uh, yeah. So obviously he's taken off the the craft. Uh, he's absolutely beside himself that he that Pepper's still alive. Mm. Um, and they take it and yeah, there's a little bit of conversation between him and Cap of. I, I lost and I, I lost the I lost the, I lost the kid. Yeah, we lost Tony. So yeah, it, every all a bit of catching up. And there's a bit of a rehash of um, uh, Ultron as well. He's like, I, when he's just like, I told you we need to put an arm around the world. That's when they're back inside yeah. and we see how wasted Tony is. Wasted mm. physically, I mean muscles. Yeah, body mass. Uh, there's some CG here. There has to be. Yeah. He's been thinned down, and it's really quite shocking. He can barely stand. He's on a drip, and his chest is all... You can, all you can see is his ribs. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's cool. But, he, yeah, they, he does... You know, I wanted to put... Uh, that's what we needed, a, a suit of armour around yeah. the world. And he, and he, and so said, that didn't work out so Yeah, well. and he said, that, oh, like, you know... Um, you said you said, I mean, said we'll we'll do it together. And where were you? And, you know, which and is a bit unfair, is, really. Like seeing the fact that of, well, they were they were fighting a war on Earth. But yeah, um, that line is in Age of Ultron. I watched it earlier today. Yeah, mm. we'll do that together. So they've really sort of planned all this. Tony throws off the sort of chest plate. Yeah, pretty much collapses. Um, nice little joke uh, to Rocket. Right until until just now, I thought you were Bill the Bear. <laughs> I, I do like Tony's references in this one. There's one which he makes towards Thor, and yeah, you know, I think for me it's a little bit on the nose, but otherwise, a spot on, really funny. Well, if it's on the nose, lines. it's be on the nose because of who was the antagonist in the first Iron Man film. Well, I know this is it, so but it's just a little bit. A Lebowski <laughs> reference? Did he never think Lebowski looks just like Obadiah's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, there's lots of jibes about, that, but I, I don't know. And then there's kind of yeah, kind of arguments where it's like oh, making um, making fun of like Big Lebowski, rah, rah, rah. but it's just like well, he does look like that. <laughs> but, it's, but no, there's yeah, there's one comment. Um, I think ah, oh, who's it? I think it's, you know one of the jokes he makes about Ant Man, and it's just like mm, really. But apart from that, really funny. You know, it's, what joke you know, did he make about Ant Man? I can't even remember. Um, it just it's kind of making a pun on his name. Um, and it just I think I must have, as I say, I must have heard it's it wrong. Sad. So, he called him no, I, know, I know it's a person because obviously he is being a real person at, at that time. Yeah. Um, but he, there's another name that he calls him, but again, I'll have to catch it again on him, really. I don't even but know. Everyone feels, everyone seems yeah. sort of just like, sort of, you know, dig, dig at Ant-Man, though, a lot, like, a lot of time. It just, you know... I mean, you know, Nebula just, like, randomly calls him an idiot just for, like, trying to hey, eat lunch outside, <laughs> you know? It's like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm cool with all that. But um, I, there, there was nothing in the film full stop that offended me because most of it I've not remembered. If you know, because people will make reference to a line of like, "What you're on about?" Mm. Uh, in some cases, it'll be you know this whole fat shaming Thor thing is just fucking bollocks. bollocks. I can barely even. I can barely even. That it's, it's one person's be, opinion. Yeah, but it can be. It's an argument that can be. Does, demolished it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's one person's opinion. So but it's an argument that can be demolished in seconds. It's exactly, just but difficult. I'm saying that's. I'm but, not saying um, I, I agree or disagree. That's her, that's her opinion. She's entitled to it. Yeah, but we're equally... Does it make it right or wrong? 
we're equally entitled to say. Yeah, well, okay, box. well, exactly. Like, I'm entitled to say the earth, the uh, the earth is flat. Exactly. Like say, well, doesn't mean I'm fucking right. <laughs> Precisely. This is it. It's like just to be fair, because that one. I mean, that argument seemed to have it's caused a lot of problems with people, and it's just give it. My, what I'm trying to say is give it a rest. Basically, it's it's your opinion amongst a sea of other opinions. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it is kind of like the social media it, thing. It doesn't it's make like, you more intelligent or less intelligent than anybody else. Just, it, you know. it, it's the sort of opinion, opinion you, you, you look at and you just go like, you shake your head at it and move on. You know, you don't. You know, I think I think the thing with, with social media, you have to like grandstand over everything. And go, oh well, you know, you know, you make you know, and, and and say, look at this idiot, and like, oh look how right I am, and uh, you know, and when you make. The, the thing bigger than it actually needs to be in the first place, you know. Exactly, so. it's kind of been made like a you know mountain out of a out of a molehill, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. But, but I, I can kind of see to, to the tail end of, of her argument. I could think definitely is that you know he probably him well they're, they're all traumatized, um, but everything that Thor's been through, you know, he comes out of the end of it. Even even when he don't, you know, he he gets Mjolnir back because like that doesn't turn him into some kind of like you know carved out of wood. But at the end, he's like, well, it's time for me to go and be what I, what I want to be, what I should be, rather than, you know, what I am. And I think he does manage to achieve some sense of closure, I guess. If he'd have magically melted so, off the fat at that the would have, end That would have been very be problem- awesome, problematic. Then that would have been, yes, they were fat-shaming him that the whole been, time. That would have been very problematic. But he's, so it's, he's, it's good that he came out of it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they all physically changed anyway. So it's, it's just like, well... He's not as strong. He isn't as strong. He, If you compare him versus Thanos when he's fit to how he is at the end of the film, mm. he's not in the same shape. And he exactly. can't wield stones for that reason. But the very fact that they don't return him to sort of fit matinee idol at the end of the film tells you they're not trying to shame anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and even, so, even look at how Tony's transformed as well. You know, I mean, he wasn't buff, but he was kind of, you know, but as I say, not like stacked, not like stacked, but yeah, he was kind of, you know, and he, he worked out for Iron Man. Yeah, he did. I mean, he worked out for Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just one of those things, like I say, it's just, it's an opinion amongst many, so next to I don't, I, don't I, I really don't mind those opinions. What I find incredible is just, you know, they get, they get broadcast in like national newspapers and things like that. And you think, what oh. a waste of fucking ink. Clickbait. Um, yeah, that's all it is, and, it, and it's usually stuff like the Guardian, that's mm. which are always looking to be offended anyway. <laughs> um, it's more in line with my politics than any other fucking newspaper. But my God, do they suck the joy out of everything in life? Not very. But, um, so yeah, um, like finger wagging at everyone and kind I, of thing. I found, yeah, yeah I found it very. Um, I found this quite an affecting scene, Tony. Um, in, in such a state, I think this is a wonderful performance. Mm. And, and again, it's like rehashing what's gone before, you know, with the ideologies kind of like and clashing, and particularly in, after after the fact, like after everything is just gone wrong, he, Tony and Tony is just kind of not only upset but kind of pissed off, and they kind of like. Well, I fucking told you so. Why didn't you listen to me? And I'm being kind of being irrational about it, but you know, it's not to say that um, his ideas wouldn't work. But you know, the, it is nice to see the the rehashing of um, of see like, what happened when we were left unprotected. Yeah, it kind didn't of go that well. But can you at least see where I was coming from? No, the, the only the only thing I sort of like kicked off was like the fact that um, Cap asked like, "Oh, did you?" 
like, have you got any any leads on where Thanos may be? And he's like, so he's like, no, I've got nothing. And meanwhile, he got Nebula not saying anything, no, like, literally just yeah. like explaining in the next scene. Where Come on. <laughs> she's still a little bit undecided because I, I noticed that because she gives it away almost at the end of the scene. I know where it yeah. is. Yeah. As it is, they've been able to trace it through. And not in that, Rocket, Rocket seems to like has an idea as well because, like, well, last time we saw it, it's like, hang on. <laughs> like, hold on, you just said he didn't know, making mind up. Um, uh, yeah, Tony is sedated, which again is part of this whole retirement of Iron Man sort of idea, if you like. Yeah. Uh, because so, he's now cut out of what's coming in Act One. He's sedated by Bruce, and I'm thinking Bruce must just have doctorates in absolutely everything. He's like administering yeah. medicine and everything. <laughs> he can't pilot a ship, though. Eh? He can't pilot a ship. PhDs. I don't know what his medical thing is. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, blast of energy when the stones happened around Earth and they found something similar on another planet and it's a planet Thanos has alluded to before because yeah. he wants to build a garden there basically to which Rhodey says well, great he's got a retirement plan so uh, the stones have clearly been used again mm. so he goes so they all get hop on, a, hop on a big old spaceship and fly over there and um, we see Thanos looking visibly Damaged. wounded. Yeah, um, just just living a simple life, you know. <laughs> Apart from the fact you can't see any metal bits under his skin. Yeah, think like two thirds of the way through a Terminator film, where like you know he's probably damaged an ankle and he's dragging one leg and half the skin he looks very badly burned doesn't he that's that's kind of what it looks like it like looks badly burned but when he's going upstairs he can only lift one leg at a time Mm -hmm. not that you can normally lift two legs at a time that's just jumping but what (laughs) i mean is it's one it's let it's right leg up follows. right leg up left leg follows yeah and uh yeah he's really damaged and it's we find out it's because he's used the stones again and uh, yeah, they uh, they come in. Um, restraining. What I love is their relative plan is Marvel will come in first, knock him over, and sort of get him in a headlock. Uh, Bruce will come up in the Hulkbuster outfit to almost like corner him. Rhodey something similar, and then Natasha and Steve's job is to walk in looking cool. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just imagining them discussing that. He's in his Winter Soldier outfit as well, which is my favourite. And Thor just comes in and lobs his hand off. Yeah. Because assuming, think like right before he gets a chance to use him again. Yeah, they've got him cornered, they've got him like restrained and just get the arm off and grab the Infinity Stones. Mm. Turn off, turn over the thing and it's not there. Uh, I'm sure there's some inconsistency on which hand this, this is actually. Um, not from. Pre- I know there was a, a gauntlet on Asgard that was the wrong hand. I know that, but I'm sure on videos we see and looking back, I'm, I'm convinced there's some inconsistency on which hand it is. But anyway, they but get Thanos. Continuity error. I'm not sure if it is or not. I'm sure at the end of the film Thanos has it on his right arm, um, and in this film they're cutting it off the other one. I'm confused. Obviously, I mean, a universal mitt. He may no, have picked I'm it up not, from somewhere else. Think... Like, he may have picked up the. T- I think it's on his left. I think it's on his left hand. It was on his left in the last film. It's on his left in this film. But I think towards the end of the film, I think they're trying to get it off the other one. 
Well, you think when they try when they stop the snap at the very end of the film, it's on the other hand. To be fair, though, that's a Tony Stark one, though. At the end of, of the film. Is. All right, fair enough. That's true. That's true. Although it's so damaged and beaten up by then, it actually looks like. And, really and, and, and yeah, and because we we'll also make the arm because it's a Tony Stark one. It's kind of like multi, can kind of like mold and size and things like that. So it could you could make the argument that it wasn't the size that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. It could like it could change like. But there if, is one that is like the wrong hand on Asgard anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, so they cut the hand off. Fine. There are no stones there. He's used the stones to to, to destroy the stones. And I'll have a question about mm. that later when the Sorcerer Supreme's talking. But it's I I just like the idea of this because they they say they were agonising over what to do about Thanos in this film and when to bring him back and what to do and. It's got to be a rematch. And they said, what if we just kill him? What if we just kill him in the first act? And they have. Yeah, and, and you know, Thor just lobs his head off. He was like, what should have went for the head? Yeah. What did you do? I went for the head. He looks devastated. Thor has had a lot of loss in the last mm. few films anyway. Yeah. He has, he has. And then he strolls off to sort of a defo- you know, to a defocusing camera. And that's it. Five years later. Five. Five later. years later. Revealed very slowly. I mean, it could it would have been bold if we just had like you know, but over like over two two and over uh, hours of credits, just like <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's just it. That's the film. Really slowly. <laughs> or you get or, or like you a, get, a two like, hour long end credit scene. You get all of the highlights of all of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Clip show. Yeah. It's Marvel's greatest hits, everyone. Hey. <laughs> Wow, and if Tyler cameo just to say sorry. No. And they just show Empire Records just to put the records straight. Empire Records, brilliant. Um, I, I um, so we, I don't think we're going to be able to keep track of every reference, but obviously there are references to Age of Ultron so far. There are references to literally Infinity War should have gone to the head in the outfit. There's a Winter Soldier outfit because he's wearing that. Um, <coughs> and as we come out of the uh, out of this kind of five years later, I don't know if we've had we've had the the Infinity War. Sorry, not the Infinity War. The End Game logo was out just before they set off. It was let's go get this son of a bitch. Yeah. That's where we saw. As they come out of this five years later thing, um, I was thinking well, that we're now in New York. New York is a mess. I like this. You can't take away half of the infrastructure of every country. I mean, you think half the prime ministers and presidents will disappear. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And in some cases, their deputies will be gone as well, and it, there'll be chaos. And half the people running markets will disappear. And but CEOs also, of be, because and... it because it's random, you could have like complete like whole, pretty much the entire um, business. Like you could have like say yeah. like a, a, an entire parliament just randomly got gone. Well, uh, yeah, or, everyone could be gone in a certain or hospital. someone's entire workforce, or you know, or you know, relatively. Whole economies, basically. Yeah, it's just like. And also, it's it's not just people; it's like plants, animals. You know, See, all, I didn't all get organisms. that to start with. You're absolutely right, Becca, and it it's really given away by Scott Lang's reaction when he sees birds. Exactly, yes, the birds outside about the you know the window. You notice know, how quiet it is, and especially also in that scene, literally just after it goes five years later. Um, so I notice how like. You know, you don't see any wildlife, as it were. You don't hear like birds tweeting in the background. Or you don't. Hear I mean, the, I don't you know, know what that means. 
I don't know what it pres- presumably they haven't taken it to its logical conclusion. It's it must be it must be sort of you know uh, animals per se because mm. you don't see fields that half the grass has disappeared and things like that. It's no, well, it's not taken to that half, extreme. Half so the world's bacteria. Well, the food has all survived, <laughs> doesn't it? And the whole point is he wanted the resources there for less mm. people. Yeah, for less, exactly. Yeah, but, so it's kind of like... Scotland's reaction to seeing birds suggests there's been fewer of them. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not just people. But I love we see New York and New York... The, the world's economy has clearly collapsed. It's gone into, like, a massive depression. And that's... I'm glad they addressed that because I thought if they gloss over that, you don't have to show too much of it. But at least acknowledge that, like, the world wouldn't function properly without half its people. And of course, like, we cut straight to uh, Steve, who's like running, like, um, almost support. like a support group, yeah, with um, people who just are dealing with the loss. Uh, I thought this was a Winter Soldier reference as well, purely because when he first meets Sam, Sam's running one. Mm. Mm, yeah, I, I thought think, so too, I think Dave. He's, 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 I like the idea that Steve, of all people, would try to continue some of the work of people who aren't there. Yeah. So he's doing that for Sam, if you like. And mm. and there's also... Like, no, I'm glad of, you thought the same, Dave. It's talk about him um, giving advice to, to people to move on, even though he clearly can't do it himself. He's, he's sort of like... Yeah. The guy who tells a story about going on a date is Joe Russo. Director Joe Russo. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was. Thought was he just yeah. put himself in the film? <laughs> I, I, I yeah, did, he made I, the, well, um, made a cameo there. Well, I didn't notice it on first viewing. On second viewing, I thought I'm sure I recognise him. <laughs> I know I that. Man. <laughs> and then I think film. before the third viewing, I saw it. I saw it in an article that, like, yes, Joe Russo was played that <laughs> man who'd been on his first date. It's got cameo. Um, because of course, I mean, I don't know where the best point to talk about some of the logical outcomes of this film is, but people have lost partners, lovers. Mm. There's survivor's guilt. I think it isn't just missing who you've lost; it's feeling guilty that you were spared. And of course, there are logical outcomes that five years later, with what's coming in the film, people will remarry, and it will cause some awkward situations. Um, so I think trying to just gently seed early in the film that most people won't move on will lessen that natural problem later. That like, well, perhaps most people didn't marry because remarry because it was so traumatic, losing half the world. Um, what do we cut to then? We cut straight back to Avengers HQ, don't we? Um, yeah, I think we I think, have uh, a recap. We've got Widows. Natasha. Yeah, Natasha's like sort of like yeah. doing like scouts. So you got Rocket and, and Nebula there, like reporting back. Captain Marvel's talking sort of, to the Force Ghost of all the Avengers. Yeah, Captain Marvel's um, sort of saying, "Oh, I, I, you know, still say, oh yeah, there's um, a Black Panther. Uh, what's the name? This is talk of, a, of oh, an yeah. earthquake." Yeah, um, I love that she says there's an earthquake under like the African plate or something. She says, "What are we doing about it?" It's like it's, like, it's an earthquake. It's an earthquake. We deal with it by rescue. not dealing with it. <laughs> I kind of feel it's a bit. No, no I, I won't say it. I won't say it. Bit... I, I think I think what it is, it's like it, it's trying to find look for something to do that like kind of almost like yeah, justify. It just feel a little bit like that. Um, 
I thought it was quite simply that they 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 lost against Thanos and they're now looking for a every win they can. But it's a it's a control freakery. Mm. It, it's trying to. It's a bit like Tony. Tony wanted to put armor around the world to prevent any risk, which you couldn't. And it's it's logically for consistent with that. Yeah, it's but it's logically consistent for that. She's got nothing else to do. She had nothing before these guys. Mm. All her earliest, we still haven't heard lots of her backstory at the time of recording this, but there was an awful lot of, I've got red in my ledger. I, you know, she never had a family. She couldn't have children. Um, all of those sorts of things. She's finally found a purpose. It's been ripped away from her. And she just still wants to be able to do this and do it properly and avoid any more catastrophes like she's had to go through to, to date. Yeah, she's got to make it, trying to make it right now, isn't she, I guess? So, yeah, she talks to Akoi. Akoi is um, saying, well, I can't do anything about that. Captain Marvel saying, I'm not going to make it back this month because I'm carrying a, cap, covering a whole sector of people. And she'd said in the first scenes of the film, you know, I've got lots of places to look after. And Earth had you guys. Mm. Nowhere else does. Uh, Rocket, I can't remember where he is, but he says something about where he is. Rhodey is in Mexico and he's reporting a basically a bloodbath in a hotel somewhere. Yeah, and we get the first hint that um, the interim years have been spent by Clint Barton just basically going around and killing any any all gangland members that the the people that he would believe should have been taken in the snap it, if there was any fairness in the yeah world. there's a, there's a sense of like Ronan of like you know my, my sense of peace has been taken away now so all I've all I've got left as as a warrior is just to go out and yes. Fine. I mean, I, I, think, I think it's very Punisher, actually. Family. I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a bit very Punisher in terms of like, what have I got left? I've got nothing but this ability to kill. So I'm just going to do that and take it out on people who I think deserve it. I think, I think it's along those lines. I think, um, and yeah, and Natasha's like sort of kind of con- is concerned if she wants to find him. Rhodey kind of says maybe he's just probably best if you just leave him to it, um, and you know. And, she's uh, like no please and the thing is she has tears in her eyes yeah. again it, it's quite a restrained performance it's it's how we all are when we're trying mm. to hold it together yeah. you don't blub but you can't help it when you've got tears in your eyes and she's clearly struggling yeah um, um, and you know even things like she's just eating a peanut butter sandwich well that that's normal enough but it's very bland food she's probably not put in an awful lot of effort to feed mm. herself properly that area is not overly tidy it's not filthy but it's not overly tidy and um, then you got cap the... yeah cap walks in he's trying to give a bit of um yeah he tries to be light he's saying well i would cook for you but you seem like depressed enough more or less mm. is what it says <laughs> something you can't do and then the, um, film's, the film is really tight because we're, we're barely into this scene we get across we get across all the key stuff of her talking to the, what avengers are left we get the key bitch we need to get between her and steve and then she gets a notification that there is somebody at the door somebody at the door somebody <laughs> at the door no, and, and it turned out to be grot bags um, <laughs> no. grot bags good old grot bags <laughs> oh bless her I used to love that show back in the day. That was good fun. See, I, I'm thinking of a completely different reference now because I, I, I'm just thinking of like Norse house party. We hear the doorbell go, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was also a classic bit of 90s TV Saturday night. Yeah, and yeah, big round of applause, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ba- basically, we've um, we, we, we've left out a bit. We've, we also find out um, 
that Scott Lang, uh, the the yes, of course, when somebody's at the door. We haven't explained how they got there. Um, Scott Scott disappeared in the quantum realm at the end of the end of Ant Man of the Wasp uh, with his van there being you know it, with it in the back of the van and it being worked on by people who were then immediately mm. dusted. So this van has obviously been kind of put in a lockup which was in lockup number 616 which is a reference to the main comic book Marvel universe and mm. um, it's actually pure luck that gets it started because a mouse walks over walks over the yeah, dial the, rat, the, the, the unannounced hero one. of the entire a universe a rodent anyway I'm not sure if it was big enough to be a rat but a rodent walks over the, and sets it running and Scott is like spat out of it into this sort of chain linked mm. fence indoors in a lockup. And he just basically puts up a sign towards the CCTV camera just saying, Help me. And he's let out, just looking really confused, dragging mm. whatever was in that van with him and just wandering through. It, it's almost post apocalyptic. Mm. It's not quite that bad, but rubbish hasn't been collected. There's missing stuff signs he, he on the He got the trope trees. of the kid on the bike on his own and 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 just says nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't even talk about it. The houses are all sort of worn down. Again, it it doesn't look post war, mm. but it looks it looks like everything needs a tidy. There's exactly what you would expect a big memorial park full of plaques to people with names on. Mm. And he's, you know, looking at looking for who's gone and trying to piece together what's happened. Of course, finds his own name on there. Yeah, but not Cassie. yeah. He's like what? But not Cassie. So yeah, so he he, really... he, he he runs back to um, Chris, yeah, presumably his ex-wife's house. Yeah, and finds a teenage Cassie who's who's still there. And Paul Rudd is magnificent, just in his yeah. facial reactions to it. It's There's, fabulous, isn't it? It's just. He can't quite process it. It's just lovely, and she is like, so, so happy. And I'm a bit sad because the last film was Ant Man and the Wasp, and he and the little girl had such wonderful chemistry. Yeah, for us, it's, it's, it's fresh in our memory. Well. Yeah, she's. Well, I presume she's about fifteen to sixteen now. Yeah, yeah I would imagine, something like yeah. that. So yeah, we don't we don't get confirmation of like the ex wife and her bloke, but at the moment it's Cassie and she's a teenager. Yeah, I would, I would, have, I would assume that they got dusted. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. I um, think so. But anyway, Cassie's, yeah. Cassie's done pretty well then if she's been raising herself from the age of eleven. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me wonder if one of them survived. But it doesn't matter for this film. The, the, the cast is big enough. So he's re- yeah. So he has now understood what's happened. Seeing Cassie has really hit home to him. The time that has passed, and she's probably explained it to him as well. And he realises he was only in the quantum mm. realm for five hours. What I love about this is we've got the only actor who survived the entire time frame without ageing, and it was Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I think, you know, had he... Had, Isn't that appropriate? They would have had to work really hard to age him and make him look old. Yeah. Because he just looks so naturally youthful anyway. He has good genes. Yeah, in fact, the Wait. whole studio would have had to go into, like, cryogenic sleep and wait. <laughs> Paul Rudd to age. I think, yeah, you know, to age him, they would have to have some. Obviously, they had amazing de aging with um, Tony Slattery. No, not John Slattery, the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tony Slattery. Tony Slattery. Um, um, Michael Douglas, obviously, he's very, very much younger. Um, but also, the epic 
aging of um, skipping right, skip right to the end. Um, yeah, Cap. They've taken some you know money from his budget, we'll CGI budget, later. to age up Paul Rudd. He doesn't look how I think Chris Evans would would have looked at that age, but he. he I can't think he, who he reminds me of. He, do, he reminds me. He looks like the bastard love child, not necessarily the bastard love child, because they could be married. Kent Eastwood and Robert nope. Redford. And... Nope. nope, Christopher Plummer mixed with Richard Chamberlain. <laughs> it is, it's Richard Chamberlain mixed with Christopher Plummer. There's a different Plummer vibe in there somewhere. Yeah. I can't quite see there is Chamberlain though, I can't. Hmm. No, I'm not sure about I, that I, one. I can see it, I can, I, can see, I can see where you go with that, Dave, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> That's funny. Totally. But anyway, um, I was trying to think. Who does he remind me of? But it looks. It looks very distinguished. We'll, we'll come back to it. Do, do, does he? Does he remind you of someone called Chris Evans? <laughs> Not really. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's no predicting how people age anyway. But yeah, um, so that explains all of that. So the one guy who managed to survive the entire five years without aging at all is Paul mm. Rudd. So um, yeah, he goes. He goes to talk to the Avengers, and I like the fact that he's a, he's very very skittish. He's very like this is um again. There's still a little bit of that. They're better than me, so he's going there to like put an idea to them and feeling like I'm gonna look a pillock here. But there's also I think there's like a gauge of emotion, like obviously just find out what happened and then the excitement of having a potential idea. So it's like okay, okay, uh, you know. Yeah, and he's it's... almost practicing it when they're right in front of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. is that a sandwich? Oh, yeah, that that. <laughs> I just realised that he's probably he's probably not eating anything. Um, so yeah, so he basically sort of pulls the idea. Look, look. He's been in there for what, five hours. So yeah, so so like obviously. Yeah, but that's the one thing they had to give Ant Man and the Wasp that she kind of aged normally. Um, but again, perhaps it's a little bit unpredictable and random, which is the whole thing they need Tony to help them control. So anyway, yes, it is I well, maybe is Janet just like ages like a, a pear. Like she just <laughs> she just she just well, like never, a- <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't know we never saw a pear. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> Anyway, so um He's basically saying that time doesn't work the same way in there. Surely it must be possible to go in, in one time and come out in another. Yeah. There's a way to like sort of Try or do something, and they're saying you mean like a time machine, and he's saying no, not a time machine, more uh... time machine. Yeah, a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, I, I love these. He's like, oh, yes, say like, ah, oh, it's probably sounds stupid to you. It's like oh, I, I get emails from a raccoon. Nothing sounds stupid to me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to know what. I would like to read these emails. <laughs> well, they just work together. I'm sure he's not just coming on to her. Or whatever. Well, I was going to say, is that some kind of subplot that we don't need to know no, about? No, no, so, no. So, so, sending the recipes for like for some cuisine or something. <laughs> Although I'm sure Bradley Cooper would happily mocap those scenes. <laughs> if it was like, um, Step outside, sure. Once, once we get this across, they say, well, we need somebody who would understand this. And they go to see Tony. Yeah. But before they get to Tony, we see a little bit of background on Tony. Tony's living in a lake house, which looks really nice. Nice to live yeah, on. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of, they made it all autumnal there as well to really make it look kind of lovely. He's raising a daughter. He's got a daughter of about four called Morgan. Oh. I know, I got emotional about this. 
Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just because I've, I've missed the boat on all this. This is like Tony's second chance, and I never got this. So, like, I got emotional at this. It's like there's so many themes of, like, getting a chance to have the things you want in life. I think it's really lovely, this stuff. And again, I don't know what it is about Marvel, but they can certainly do chemistry between adults and kids. He's, he's mm. really good with this kid. I I had a suspicion that we're going to go really dark with this, you know, uh, towards the end. Like bringing everyone back, but would actually it would undo it. Yeah, I thought there's a chance that might that that would be really fucking dark for for Marvel to go I down. Actually, in one respect, that would be dark, but in one respect, it would be simple because they're resetting the status mm. quo. It actually gave me some comfort that right, some of this is going to stick then mm. because they are going to have to go to a new normal. Tony will not give that up, which means we're going to have to bring them back now and so i started to think this has suddenly got a lot more intriguing but yeah he's married to pepper and living in this lovely lake house still with a bit of sort of technology there as we find a bit later but yeah he adores his daughter and they have wonderful chemistry as Mm. well she's very much a daddy's girl yeah yes definitely so um they introduced the idea and he's like well no because we tried it i can't risk doing everything we can't risk making it worse um you know, I've got everything to yeah, lose we, now. We we have to fight, and it's like we did. You know, and again, it's, what what do you owe the world? And the thing is, morally, you you know, and in in terms of how heroes are going to behave, the quote unquote right answer in a film like this is he decides for the greater good. You know, everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have made the same decision he made at the start of this film, without any question at all. Why would I risk everything I ever wanted for something that might get worse? Yeah. So it's perfectly understandable. And um, so yes, yeah, so they said thanks, but no thanks. We we they go they then go to see uh, Bruce Banner. They say we need to, we need somebody with a big brain, which is a little tease for what mm. we're about to get. What bigger than his? <laughs> and it's Bruce. I, the one bit we've missed actually before that is uh, he literally does unpick that is your plan just from Back to the Future? He says to Scott. Yeah. <laughs> no, because that would be Although crazy. That film is classic. And that, that's the thing: the film kind of does Back to the Future too. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, the thing is, again, the the, the current because it was all that grandfather paradox thing, wasn't it? That you mm. go back and shoot your grandfather, you don't exist to go back and shoot your grandfather. And they're basically saying now the, 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 the current thinking as far as there is any thinking on this is, as this film postulates, that you change nothing. You know, time is flowing in the direction you go. You know, so if you've done something, you've done something. It's in your past, even if it's forward in time from yeah. where you're going. It's still like so, going forward, isn't it? It's just, you know, you're it's just... forward to you. Yeah. Um. So any changes you make, just, you know... If you go back and shot your mother before she had you, you would just create an alternate reality where she was shot and didn't have you. You wouldn't disappear. Um, all of this is entirely, sub, you know. And and now all of a sudden, Terminator Genesis makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, we've got to get to the future. <laughs> no, we've got to get to the future. We've got to get to the future. That makes a lot of sense. Quick, we've got to get to the future. I'm going to stick around here so I can age a bit. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Paul Rudd still doesn't look coming at the soon, folks. Um, 
not that's, that's I must say, this scene really did make me fall off my chair to Dunson style. Why? I, was, I don't know why, but I was completely unprepared oh, for seeing... Oh. Yeah, completely. He's obviously found that middle ground, and I was like, what? Well, I, I don't know why it surprised me so the much. The artwork leaked where the face looked a bit more ruffalo. Yeah, that, I was a bit like... Well, that looks like some kind of suit. Hold on a minute. Did you not think his Hulk was um, smaller as well? He wasn't. He wasn't. I, think, I I don't think they're entirely consistent, even from shot to shot. And I don't mean in this film. I mean across the universe. In that, I watched Age of Ultron today, and when you see two characters' heads in shot, or like you can see the back of Natasha's head and the Hulk right in front of her, oh, yeah. they look kind of at the proportions they are here. But then when she rubs her hand, the back of her hand over his arm and hand, to try and calm him down. It looks like the Ang Lee version where it's massively mismatched. I think his Hulk is a bit smaller. It's no doubt that they've toned down the sort of Cro-Magnon man fucking proportions of the face as he's intelligent. I do think when we do see the Hulk later, they've reused some shots from somewhere. Yeah, this is, I think, I don't think if they went at it, him and the Savage Hulk, he would be as strong as his previous version. I think he's downsized a touch. Yeah, because he's kind of merged the two, really. And, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't swear to it because I don't think they're ev- I don't think they're entirely consistent. And there are shots where I see him in shot with people. Uh, Age of Ultron gives me the problem because he was inconsistently sized through that anyway. And there's a shot near the end of the film where he jumps right in front of Natasha and just looks fucking massive next to her. It, unless it's something like it just depends how angry he is or how emotional. It just might. That was the Ang Lee version. They haven't done that in this universe. I think what we'll just say is, to us, he looks like he might be a shade smaller. Yeah, yeah. But it's not dramatic. And um, one of the things I notice is just how happier this banner is. Really at peace. Yeah. But it helps that Mark Ruffalo's got such a calm voice anyway. Mm. He's got quite a soothing voice. So yeah, I quite like him to read a bedtime story. Yeah. Not... I, I know some of the other actors that have done it already, so but I don't know if he's done one just yet. He's not sitting on my bed like that, though. He'll break it. Uh, yeah, he'll have to sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll be, like, looming over you. Hello. I love this scene, yeah. So, basically, for those who haven't seen the film, and they'll be few and far between, because he says something about 18 months in the gamma layer. And I... Pick, I tried to listen for that line three times to pick out what he said. He said, I always picked up 18 months, but I didn't pick up the rest. But it seems to be 18 months in the gamma layer. What he said is he always saw the Hulk as a disease, something to get rid of. And then he decided to see if he could sort of combine the best of both worlds. And it took 18 months work of some description. I don't know if that was experimenting on himself or what, but he managed to find an equilibrium where it was they're, they're one personality, and that's basically Banner, but the Hulk's body. Mm. But, but Banner's face, really. Because th- there's no doubt watching old Avengers films that the proportions of the face have changed. And he, and he's kind of loving it. He's kind of loving the attention as people come ask for his photograph, and he's like posing for, posing for photos and, you know, and, and stuff like that. And he's you know, clearly just like, you know, just kind of enjoying, enjoying himself really all his all his fear has been taken away mm. all his fear of suddenly hulking out what damage he's going to cause 
he, he hasn't had this piece in, in well over a decade, mm. probably 15 years plus by this point. So, yeah, that's all really cool. Uh, he agrees to sort of help them out. Again, it's fairly tight. We're talking for mm. quite a while, but it's fairly tight. They go, they, I think we go pretty much... I don't think... I think we cut to Natasha next. Yeah, we go back to start because he's having a moment with his daughter that's and then... It. And then he's, and then we see him well, work, we working on this, something. We tie up, we tie up this getting the band back together bit. So yeah. we've got Stark to deal with, um, Hawkeye to deal with, and um, what's the other one? Anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, so we we have we have the Stark bit, we have that bit, and then we have to start with the time travel bit. That was the other thing. Yeah. So yeah, so the first bit is Stark. Yeah, he figures out um, essentially just just because, and I think just 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 it's just down to his um, his the way his character is that he just cannot stop working. He always it's like it's as you said like it's what he re- what he wants to do, but what his you know brain won't let him. You know he, he, he you know he, he kind of like feels guilt. You see him um, with a photo of Peter Parker. Uh, so he, does, yeah, there's, he there's... was washing up and he sees that photo, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just a bit of a a thing, he, you know, he can't resist. He can't resist to kind of like... And, and it was around. just, you know, just just for my curiosity. Sort yeah. Of thing. But not only that, it is consistent with the character. If you think of yeah. the first Iron Man film, within the first 10 minutes of the film, he slept with somebody. She wakes up in the morning and he's down in his lab doing stuff. Yeah. It's just what he does. Um, And then we'll get to that, to, 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 to and what Pepper says to him at the end, which... Uh, is very appropriate. Um, so, yeah, and he and he kind of, you know, he puts his daughter to bed, and he just kind of like asks Pepper how his day, and just and before she even proper answers, she goes, "Oh, by the way, I figured it out." Time travel. Fair, she's reading a book on composting. I wasn't best <laughs> yeah. to the best of that anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, to be fair, it does sound a bit shit, really, doesn't it? What's new in composting? <laughs> I felt guilty though because I do that. I ask questions and then yeah. I'm talking about something else before they've even answered. So yeah, they have a talk about it. They have a talk about how lucky they've been, and he's clearly a doting father. A lot of families got it worse because the two of them survived, and they only really had each other. And we, of course, happy survived. Other people they're friends with, and Rody survived, mm. and. The people that we've seen in in Tony's universe that were close to him over a long time survived. Only Peter really didn't. So they're very lucky, but Pepper understands he won't be able to let it go. And that's that for for a minute. We see him turn up a little bit later on. So then we we have Barton. I think it's Barton next. Yeah. The set of Blade Runner. And yeah, we basically sort of see what potentially if they did a Hawkeye film. Uh... Which, to be fair, I'd happily watch. Yeah, why not? I mean, it looks very John Wick, but I don't mind. I like John Wick. Yeah. Um, it's basically a sword fight with a kind of Yakuza, isn't it? Mm. Or whatever. Yeah. He's basically going around places just killing gangs. And it's like, well, the rest of the world answered to Thanos, you answer to me. Yeah. Um, what's the guy who... Um... Who he has a sore fight with? Is isn't he been in the Wolverine film? I, I looked him up because I honestly thought I was going to see like Kill Bill one or something. For a minute, I thought I was looking at somebody else, 
And then you're absolutely right. It was the Wolverine, the 2013 one, yeah. which is a little bit underrated because it falls between X-Men Origins, which is terrible, and Logan, which everyone has just kind of lionized. And I think that middle one's been forgotten. It's not bad at all. No, no. Probably at his, probably at his peak physically in the role in that film as well. Yeah. He'd really worked out how to look right and shredded and all that by the time of that film. So yeah, so we so we, Natasha get um gets him back and uh where do we, and then we we basically they're experimenting now, then aren't we, they? We go straight to as I say, we've been talking a while but it's fairly tight. We go mm. straight to um time trials, time travel trials with Scott mm. uh being run by Banner. And I think in in the interest of speeding this up a little bit they have about three or four goes at it, and Scott keeps reappearing a different age. They were going to send him somewhere, leave him for an hour, and call him back five seconds later in their time. Yeah. Um, uh, he comes back as a, a, a child, then as an old man, then as a baby, then as himself. And the big joke is he one of that, but one of those versions wet themselves, <laughs> and he's it might be him. Yeah. He's not. Sure. And then uh, yeah, basically start turns up and and says, yeah. "I'll they help can you." Do time travel. It's not that consistent. And Stark yeah. turns up immediately in his product placement, and uh, it says you push time through him rather than him through time. Mm. It's a side effect. It's this techno babble term. I can help. Here's a GPS, which is key. That's key to guiding them where they want to go. In oh, time. and Cap, here's your shield back. <laughs> and Cap, here's your shield, which uh, was take, which is a Civil War reference. Because you shouldn't have that shield. My dad made it. End of Civil mm. War. So we're racking up the references. How are you coping with it at this point, Becca? Yeah, doing all right, actually. So I think, yeah, and through all as general, I think the only time the film kind of loses it is kind of, not really loses me, but kind of like one time, like the second time I watched it, kind of looking at my watch. I think it was probably towards the end of, coming towards the trail end of the battle. But otherwise, yeah, fine. It is, as I say, covered quite a lot in a, in a short amount of time so it's, it's really efficient yeah i think it, i think it is very very efficient i've got no problem with the running times of this film at all there's always scenes you can cut down and shave and make something else off but i've got no argument with most of what's here so we also forgot to mention that they go pick up four who is now uh, gone fat uh uh, is this before or after that? No, that's... I can't remember if that's before or after Star. No, it's after, because you've got Ant-Man yeah. there, and he's he's trying to... Or Scott, he's trying to eat like this really unappetising-looking mm. taco or something, and Nebula and Rocket land in the craft and blow all the food out of it. Lovely bit of physical comedy. A little bit Chaplin-esque, actually. Mm. Paul Rudd here, the way he kind of freezes as it all flies. But I'll kind of uh, like the happy-go-lucky Hulk who just gives him like gives him like half of his tacos. He's like, oh, never mind. He's lovely. I want yeah. to be mates with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Rhodey lands as well and refers to him as ordinary size man. They yeah. are picking Scott a bit. Yeah, he's kind of the butler's joke. It's not really, that mean nature, but it's like you know he's not as great as us, sort of thing. Mm. And actually, Hulk is the only one who's self-assured enough to like treat him normally. Hulk's really cool. Um, but he's walking by to get in a craft, and that is to go to New Asgard, which we'll assume is Norway, yeah. where their father died. Yeah, it's just like a little small village. And um... didn't you get didn't you get uh, Arthur Curry kind of feels off this? 
Well, yeah, because it's just like a small seaside town, isn't it? You it's know, very it, Aquaman, isn't it? Yeah. Even down to the sort of chunky knitwear. But, but the thing, the thing I was like, kind of a bit confused by is like, oh, hang on, I thought these lot were all dead, and then you tell me there's some survivors. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened in the snap, but we know roughly half of them died when Thanos attacked at the start of Infinity War, and some got away mm. in either a smaller craft or half a craft or whatever. It was always said, don't worry. It wasn't said in the film, but it was always said by filmmakers, don't worry, like Valkyrie and that, like, survived. I was mm. never sure about, like, uh, Meek and so on. Yeah. Meek and Korg, but you assumed they would survive just because the film does have to see some comedy in. And Thor is the most comedic corner of this universe now. Mm. So it didn't surprise me. What surprised me was just visually, they, they haven't... I mean, they're in a colder climate. It's Norway. But they haven't adapted touchstones of As- Asgard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, not dressed, they're not dressed like Asgardians, but it's winter. They're dressed like people who live in Norway by the sea. Yeah. They, I find that... They, you know, you, you're looking at them and it's an ordinary mix of ordinary-looking people and you're thinking, these are people that are going to live, like, thousands of years. And it, you're just not getting that vibe off any of this. Yeah. But then, I, I, I guess, given the nature, it's like, well, why would they do? Just like, oh, well, this... Just might as well, you know, when in Rome, you know, kind of thing. So there's yeah, no, exactly. no real point, you know. Um, we have no idea how this like whole arrangement mm. was done, but they have an area that appears to be sovereign, one yeah. way or another. But then I suppose like Thor has been a protector of Earth for so long, they would whatever's left might well grant him all that, particularly after fighting to try and save mm. them. So you know Wakanda and all the rest of it. So I guess it's not that implausible, but. I just love you're right about Hulk he's just so good natured he's on the back of this van and he jumps off and Rocket's pissy and he's going hey they're just happy to be alive and they go in and it's like you hear about the cable <laughs> which is funny because he, he's playing Korg, Korg is online so I don't know what the fuck that is oh cable's TV isn't it yeah you didn't say Wi-Fi you said cable alright yeah we, we yeah we saw we got we, you know we got work to do what we got to sort out the cable <laughs> uh, yeah uh, what I love um, this is very they don't immediately reveal Thor's problem but you know he's not right and he's definitely yeah. drinking a lot and in fact he was told before they went in he only comes in for supplies I think they meant into town to start with I thought it was like Arthur Curry is he out at sea all the time yeah. it's like no no he's just probably out of the village we just, uh, I, I just thought it felt like he was just a recruit just literally just stay, staying in his cabin or whenever and just sort of He's got PTSD. Mm. Now, have they made PTSD funny in their way? Yeah, they have. You know, I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's Chris Hemsworth because he's got such great comedic timing anyway. He's just naturally funny. And of course, you've got Korg there and it's like, Thor, this guy's called me a dickhead again. <laughs> he's playing Fortnite. Um, yeah, Thor, Thor is basically has let himself go completely. Whether it's post-traumatic stress or a breakdown or just simply... A defeatist nature. Alcoholism seems to be at the root of it, frankly. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to probe that too hard. He's just completely let himself go. He's not what you would he's, expect. He's just, I think he's just been completely defeated. And as I say, he's just gone like, internally, just gone, fuck it. Yeah, and he's barely going outside of that little cottage he's in. Yeah. I mean, he's a king and he's living in a tiny little co- cottage, video gaming and drinking all day. 
which is kind of, I must admit, I, must admit, I was kind of sad. It, fat falls good for a joke, but then I was kind of thought, oh, he's not going to say fat rest of the time, is he? But yeah, but they they weren't doing fat jokes all the way through. Yeah, they were doing. They did. A, we got a shock value at the start. Then we got like some sort of almost like slacker jokes and a couple of like he's a bit of a drunk jokes, and then it was let go really. Yeah, I mean to be to be to be fair, the, the only thing, the only really thing he has is just, he just looks a bit chubbier and he's got a big belly. Like and he is amazing shape. If you watch him yeah. fighting Thanos versus when he fought him when he was fitter, he was a stronger presence. Yeah, but he's still the god of thunder. He still has power. And he's still worthy, as we find out. But um, so yeah, they go to get Thor, and uh, um, of course Tony's turned up as well. Yeah. So that's basically that's basically Act One, putting the band together. And so yeah, they so they've they make the machine. They try and figure out like because they only got limited pin particles. Act Two is trying to figure starts with trying to work out where the stones are. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out the best places, and of course. Well, yeah, they, we, point, they point out we've all nearly all been in contact with them, so mm. we kind of know places they were. And then, as I think, it's definitely it's definitely Hulk, definitely Natasha. I can't remember who the third one is. I think it is Tony. But they, they say, well, hang on a minute. There were three of them in the same place at the same time. If you go to New York, uh, if you pick the right year, there's three Infinity Stones there because Strange has one, mm. the Tesseract was there, and the Mind Gem. That was in Loki's staff, yeah. and they're so like, "Holy they know, shit!" So we have to go back they to don't the Stranger's background. Yeah, they so think, basically... they think Stranger will be there. Yeah, so they think it right. So there's three in New York of the six. Mm. They work out. They know through. Um, they know through Nebula when she first came into contact with the whole stone thing, and they know they were chasing it around, the t- and Quill got it. So they know when Quill got it, so they've got to intercept that. So that's 2014, so basically Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and you can hop straight onto Vormir from there. Mm. It doesn't matter when you go to Vormir, but they may as well send a team to that location as well. And the third location... And, and, and of course, then they don't actually quite know how you get the stone. They just assume that Thanos... Again, not sure about this because Nebula Nebula knows that Thanos went with Gamora and came back without her. Yeah, I think I think there's there's in in the film she does reference that like where he murdered my murdered my sister. So it's just, just assumption like like they went there, he killed her. But I don't think they've quite connected that that was the reason yeah, why he killed. It's not that he killed her. It, she doesn't know he killed her to get the stone. Yeah. He could have killed her with her trying to stop him get the stone yeah. or any. That makes a bit more sense to me now because I've sent. Because the other thing is, if you knew, you would have told them. <laughs> well, not only that, you have to send two people who love each other on that basis. Yeah. Because I mean, if you'd sent, you could have sent Nebula, and Rhodey to do that bit. And it's like, well, they don't even know each other. So who, how are they going to do a sacrifice? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind it, of luck. It, it yeah, but it's also it's it's kind of like I I don't know the the way it was framed. It also it's like it was just like it, it felt like well, someone just has to like sacrifice himself, really. So so well, but, so if you went no, on your own, you'd be fucked. <laughs> I think no, I think I think the two films are inconsistent because. Yeah. I haven't watched Infinity War again to pick up the exact dialogue, 
But I thought it was sold in the first film as you have to sacrifice something yeah. you love. In this film, he says, you have to lose something you love. That's not the same thing. Right? Mm. Because by the logic of the first film, it had Gamora thrown herself off. So he's not sacrificed anything. In fact, she tried to kill herself. Mm. Well, that's not a sacrifice, is it? That's not him sacrificing her. So why would he get the stone? If Barton jumps off the cliff, that doesn't give Natasha the stone. She hasn't sacrificed him. So that's one. That's a scene I've got a real problem with. But in the broad strokes of sending, breaking the teams down as they have, it's actually lucky that two people who actually do love each other, albeit non-sexually, have gone to Vormir together. Yeah. And then the third place is obviously the ether, and that's the only film we saw that in. So effectively, they've got to go to Thor: The Dark World. Sadly. <laughs> 2013. I saw I saw Natalie Portman and thought there's no way she filmed any fucking thing for this and she didn't. That wasn't that wasn't filmed no. for this. That was that was that was a bit of digital trickery. No. Um so yeah, so we so we get all that. I think it was quite fun. It was nice to see Natasha and um and uh Barton have a bit of a, a moment, you know, like was this is a long way for Budapest. Yeah, before all that, of course, you've got um, the only thing we will say about the gathering of the stones is Thor is really fucked trying to do it, mm-hmm. and he and he and he and he's trying to give like a presentation, and he's a bit pissed, and he's like, then he mentions Jane and starts getting a bit emotional because like he's forgotten about that. Then he said, I introduced her to my mother, and and she died, and <laughs> and, it, and he's fucked, and he ends up getting walked off, and, and all I could think of was the state I was in when I. Re- called it octopusy <laughs> it reminded me of that just like i can't be fucking oh i'll just yeah. wait wait till the commentary uh, yeah i i i, I just love the uh the, the lines so, how about i have some breakfast some, some eggs bacon no i have a bloody berry <laughs> yeah i, I said that really joyously as well yeah what did you think of all this becca yeah i <laughs> Yeah, it was, I, I kind of felt like, oh, I just felt really bad for him. I just wanted to give him a really big hug. He does look a bit of a mess, doesn't he? It's not about his weight. He's just no, angry. bless him. He's, he's been through a lot, and it's all kind of he has lots of um, lots of trigger points, unfortunately. He's a bit so, shaky. He does his best. Yeah, but it's it's nice that he actually had you know he had uh, Renny Rousseau back to you know have, have a moment. With yeah, that's this film has like many tender moments, but yeah, obviously getting a reunion with Krieger and also. Tony's reunion with Howard as well. You kind of think, oh, that'd be a bit weird. But There's a lot it of wasn't. parental relationship stuff in this film. Yeah, and it all, obviously, yeah, that's family is a big theme throughout the MCU and, you know, throughout the Marvel movies, definitely. Um, but yes, I think that was a nice attendant moment in the film. Do you, How do we want to attack all the time travel stuff? Do we want to deal with each time area I, individually? Yeah, we might as well sort of do it. I mean, we kind of already touched on... Um... The, the Scarlet and... Let's do that one first then, yeah. just because um, it's a small, discreet part of the film. I have seen the criticism that this is like a cheap death for, for, for Natasha. Do either of you feel that? Because I, no. I must say up front, I don't. No, I think I there's enough background of her not being able to bond with people, having poor things in her ledger, never being able to have family, that sort of thing, um, where... I think she's and she's fundamentally been broken for five mm. years, and we know she loves Barton's family. We know that from Age of Ultron. 
I think she just loves Barton, and I think you know he deserves found he de- he deserves yeah. it. I I don't have that. It's pointless use. I them, did read that complaint again. Father. I, I I did read that complaint again. Are they saying her life is less worthy because she didn't have a family? Um, I'm no. sorry, folks. Well, yes, they are, and that isn't wrong because I don't have a family, and my death would be far far cheaper than a, like a father of four. I'm sorry, it would be. Yeah. I leave less behind. I have I less would... responsibility. My my foot my footprint on the earth is smaller. I'm not saying your life is worth less, but I'm saying your death is worth less. That's what I'm saying. Your life isn't worth less if you choose to have no family or you don't get to have one. But your death is an awful lot less impactful for that reason. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you could say she that... is the logical death of the two of them. She is, but she makes her death more viable. Do you know what I mean? It makes it more like so. There's that, but also the Avengers are her family, and she yeah. will get bring the rest of them back. Yeah, so uh... I think it's great. Plus, she has really full lips when she's saying "Let me go," and I'm thinking I've got a very confused boner here for. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the problem I had with this scene, and I've I've just been talking about it a little bit, I know, but there seems to be a disconnect between the two films. In the first film, it's about sacrificing something you love to get the stone, and in this film, it's about losing something you love mm. to get the stone. That's not the same thing. So consequently, them fighting over jumping off defeats the purpose entirely. I think I think I think it will both be relatively. I think had Barton had it gone. It still would have been a sacrifice because, like, it would have been a sacrifice to her. Do you, do you know what I mean? It would have been, you know. So I think, even though it depends how technical he wants to be, but I wouldn't suppose... his corpse have got the stone? Then? <laughs> it doesn't make it's it's debatable, though, isn't it? Yeah. I had problems with this scene each time I saw it, although I find it very touching because Jeremy Renner's great in that scene. He's yeah. holding on to her, and it's like he's like, "God again, damn it, you!" He 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 can, and he's 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 annoyed with her. He's annoyed he he hasn't seen this coming in that damn you is kind of you defeated everything I did to try to stop you. And also he's trying to reach back to hold both mm. at the same time and can't. And she's saying, let me go. I, I didn't find this cheap in the slightest. No. I found it slight, slightly weak execution in that we can't have one of them trying to kill the other. It's a family film and we've got to be with these characters. If he cold bloodedly murdered her, how on his side would we be for the rest of the film? So I get why they've done it the way they have, but I still think it does. It's not quite consistent with Infinity War. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 pretty questionable, to be fair. Yeah. But all right, in in the context of the film, it works. It works well enough. The moment is is right. I mean, right. I mean, I do agree with you that it. To, let's just say, if it was Barton, it would have robbed her of that moment. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It would have been like. Oh well, the guy gives up, and you would have had just had a bit of a downer um, ending. It's like, well, what? It's, it always feels like, well, what's the point in bringing Barton back? Almost just for the sake of him sacrificing himself. Yeah, you know, for, for him to I die. Get like... it. I, didn't, I didn't have a major problem with it, yeah. um, and I really like. I like. I like the feelings, the emotions, the people. Yeah. I think all of that is consistent. Didn't find it cheap in the slightest. Have read complaints from people I respect who, who found it cheap and I'm not one of them. I think from there, Chris, I'd, I'd want to go on to like, if, if I go in ascending order of how much I like these scenes, 
I think the next one up would be... Well, no, actually, no. I've done the sort of second least first. In the, my least favourite, and I don't really know why, it's just every time we cut back to it, I'm a little bit like, oh, back here again, is all the Thanos and Guardians of the Galaxy era stuff. I don't know why this is. I really struggle with this. It's not bad, but it's just... I think it's just everything else is more interesting because it's being intercut with Earth and all the Avengers stuff. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Thor's so good. In, Hemsworth's so great in this film that I like going there too. <laughs> you, you like going back to revisit the the Dark World? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think, I think what's actually good about it is that it actually gives uh, Nebula like like an actual suit, like like a like a meaty role and also it re it's a reason to reintroduce Thanos for the the final I think it's very necessary. I yeah. don't think it's I don't think it's the equivalent of Thor in the last film where yeah he needed his hand but you could have fucking got round that quite quickly somehow. Mm. I don't think it's like that. But I do think I, I do think it's it just it seems to rob a little bit of energy out of it. And I think it's largely because Thanos is a lot more secondary here compared to the last film where we really needed to set him up. And I think Rhodey and Nebula are not the two most charismatic characters. So when you cut in between them, but then you've got Natasha and Clint who are really close, and that's quite an emotionally charged scene. And then you've got Hemsworth who just fucking eats the screen. And then you've got the Back to the Future inside the fucking events of the previous film kind of Avengers stuff and then that cuts further back to like father and son stuff this is left as the poor relation yeah I mean yeah I think this is more plotty uh, I, think, I think I think that's what it is it's just, it's just because there's, there's not much other than like oh we well, need we, this bit yeah I mean they just basically knock out Star-Lord and go okay well they they, they, they grab they grab the they power grab stone, the stone. Yeah. and then but then shit kind of hits the fan because uh, I mean I, I like like the idea I like the idea that they didn't didn't consider the fact that Nebula is mostly you know uh, machine that she they almost has like a way like connection with a past self and that kind of jeopardizes yes, because they were kind of on the same network kind yeah. of thing yeah that's all it is something else has come on the Wi-Fi and they haven't got their privacy settings right you know what I mean <laughs> it's, it's um. It's all right. I mean, it, it's not a bad part of the film. I was just aware, certainly by the time I was mm. getting into multiple viewings, that it would cut back to a shot, and I'd, I'd go, oh, we're back on wherever it was. Uh, what's that planet called? I forget now, off the top of my head. Uh, which uh, one? Oh, Dama. Uh The Guardians one, anyway. Yeah. Because Ant-Man says, is that a person? And it's like, no, it's a place. But whatever that planet <laughs> is called from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Every time we were back there, I was like, oh, okay, well, we're here for a couple of minutes then. Everything's perfectly well told. It's Thanos finding out that he did, in the future, succeed. Mm. Won't now be He sees his, his death. Because knowledge of it, and he's completely relaxed about that. We see Gamora, because that's just as she was before the original Guardians mm. film started. So now the very fact of observing all this changes the three of their future past Gamora, uh, mm. sorry, past Gamora, past Nebula, past Thanos. These are not the people we will come to know, but obviously, present uh, Nebula is there with Rhodey as well, and effectively they substitute one in for the other, don't they? Yeah. 
to go back to the future later on and actually get uh, Thanos there by giving yeah. him pin park particles, which we'll come on to when we get to the Earth plot in a minute. The pin particles are how they're traveling through time. Hank Pym's invention. So, yeah, so we have I'd... that. We have the the four bit, which is which is basically just like four. Just has a a moment with his mum while nice and cheap to shoot because it's only really one corridor. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and rocket Russo, rocket rocket get, goes Russo to Natalie Portman. Brandy Russo looks even better here than she did in Thor: The Dark World. She's about fifty six now, sixty six yeah. rather. Um, and she wasn't overweight in the dark world, but I noticed she was bigger than when I'd previously seen her, which was um, Thomas Crown Affair, I think. Mm. And she's back to like, she's lost weight again. It's just like, you don't look any different. Were you pleased to say Rene Russo, Becca? Because I know you're a big fan of like Thomas Crown Affair because it was the same time as Brosnan was Bond and stuff. Yeah, she looks very glamorous. And you could have said she looked 56. I would never have known. <laughs> No, it was, it, was a, it was a nice moment, and it's it's nice to see her back. And yes, it was a lovely scene. It just delivered closure on his side of things. He could say everything that he wanted to say, and, he and was, she she knew everything by looking at him. So, first time I noticed these two eyes are the different colours. I didn't notice that last time. Mm, fun fact. Yeah, one. And all our fun facts in the show, rather than having them delivered at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, covering up because I don't have. Um, any. It's it's kind of. Um... It's kind. Of, it's kind of cool that you know. It can add the, add the fact that she just sees for everything. She's like, you know, you, you're from the future. <laughs> I can tell. And you're trying to talk to me about <laughs> something. So I know what's coming. I, I'm not around in your time. She knows that. Um, she's quite relaxing, Rocket as well. Mm. But um, the scene where he goes off to, to basically take the ether out of Natalie Portman, because if you remember Thor: The Dark World, listeners. That's she's infected by it. And on good Earth. luck if you Thor do. Does this. Um, he does explain it. Um, Thor earlier that she basically got it infected with this ether. It's a, it's a it's a goo. It's not a it's an angry angry sludge as he says mm. rather than a stone though it forms into stone. Rocket goes in to basically take that from her, and there's a shot of her waking up on like a chaise long equivalent. And I don't know if that's literally deleted footage or her face superimposed on a body, but she did not shoot anything for this film. And it's just typical Natalie Portman. She wouldn't cross the road for a franchise. I don't know why she signs for them in the first place. You know, when you compare that a few years ago, I thought Paltrow was the same. And when you think how much like effort she's put in to turn up for small little parts and so on over the years, and Natalie Portman can't be asked at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. So M- maybe she didn't get on with Feig or something. I don't know, but who knows? Um, whatever. I think she did do some voice, but even that mm. is just like hardly anything because it's at a distance. Um, I think really, just if we just move on to the Earth stuff because this is just the best bit of this scene, isn't it? Of yeah. This actor that- I kind of felt. Like, I mean, when I was when I was doing going through like this uh, time high stuff, I kind of felt like it, this film was a bit more of a celebration of Marvel in general. It's like the greatest hits, or like let's relive like a fun yeah. way of reliving the greatest hits. So it's kind of cool to go back to like the first Avengers and like see like it's almost like behind the scenes sort of stuff. It's like it makes you think when Marty watches his dad knock out Biff yeah. from a different angle. Yeah. And you sort of see like after the, after that bit where like Loki like, oh, actually I'll have that drink now, and you see what happens after that. 
Yeah, he's like mimicking them all and yeah, making camp anyway. <laughs> and uh, one of the big the biggest laughs in the film. Yeah, the plan is they're going to wait till more or less the end of the Battle of New York. Uh, Banner has to make his way through some of it, so he has to like rip off his shirt and pretend to be, you know, Savage Hulk, even though he doesn't look mm. exactly the same. So there's a nice visual gag of him, you know, an educated man trying to pretend to like smash up a car, and it's really half-hearted. <laughs> He's heading off to the Sanctorum. I did look that up earlier. 178 Bleecker Street. It is not a Baker Street reference that Doctor Strange has always had that address right back to the 1960s. He gets there. Because he actually did that in a fun fact for the episode. I thought you didn't have any. No, no, not not for us, but for um, the Doctor Strange episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were talking about it during that episode, but yeah, it I, does... Um... I, I do wonder then, like, I mean, I, mean I, I might be wrong, sorry to take this back, but if if maybe Doctor Strange the comic was itself like a reference to Sherlock Holmes... Itself, it could well be, and in it fact could that, be. and in fact that they either cast that or they batch. just decided they were going to cast someone from BBC Sherlock in the show. <laughs> so we could have had we could have had Eunice Stubbs in this role. That would have been amazing. I would have quite happy. And, 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 and they already cast Martin Freeman, so <laughs> yeah. So it's basically so, yeah. a Doctor Who, um, Doctor Who Sherlock reunion. Yeah. So yeah, he has to go over there. He's expecting to see Strange because he just knows Strange is the present-day Sorcerer yeah. Supreme. So he has no reason to think he wasn't what was only six years before. Because obviously this film yeah. is... Oh no, it's actually six years before they were all dusted because they were dusted in 2018. So yeah, so he goes over to see the Sorcerer Supreme who is fighting the Battle of New York from afar. Yeah, You have uh, Tony and Cap flying into... Or Tony flying into the top of Stark Tower where they're at the end of the battle and Loki is kind of on his knees, very last shot of that of the battle anyway, where they're all stood looking over him. I think I'll have that drink now. And Cap is off trying to get the mind stone. So there, Cap is there, Cap, sorry, Iron Man is there with Ant-Man and their job is to get the Tesseract. The mind stone has already been taken by S.H.I.E.L.D. in inverted comma operatives and Cap is informed by Iron Man that they're in an elevator, so he has to get on at a certain point and try and get that off from them. So those are the three stones and how they're going to. And he, he kind of it's, it's it's kind of cool to like go straight like after the Avengers to kind of like oh my god it's like a Winter Soldier reference, and you think oh my god we're going to have like a little yeah. elevator it, it's fight. It's the same people as well. It's all yeah. the same people. There's a, that iconic bit in the Winter Soldier where he says before we start, if anyone wants to get out, yeah, you got. Um... But of course, the big reveal at the end of that film is they're all Hydra, and it's like yeah. Hail Hydra and all the rest of it. And of course, how does, that's how he deals with it. Leans in and says Hail Hydra, and just takes the. Staff. <laughs> and, then, and they go, "Oh, okay, must be all right then." And of course, and that's it's an opportunity for like little cameos in that we see mm. Crossbones again before he was Crossbones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, he bumps into his uh, old self. Who before that we've obviously got. Um, uh, uh, Iron Man looking at Steve and saying mm. that outfit did not do your ass any favours. Mm. And what I loved about that is we all pointed that out at the time. The worst Captain America outfit of all of them. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. And it and uh, I love that just Scott, he's just totally like oh, Team Cap. I think, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's <laughs> ass. And he does a little <laughs> salute as he does it, sat on Tony's shoulder. <laughs> It's like you're small, but you're talking loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
the two the two the, the two break off yeah we got steve fighting steve yeah and of course he's thinking that he's loki because previously loki has now escaped with the well Tesseract. he looks exactly like him and who yeah. there can do an impression of him exactly and in fact if we didn't need to, the film even reminds us it doesn't assume you've seen everything it shows us loki mimic cap just mm. before they leave that room but but I think even, even before then, like Loki, we we see Loki escape, so we we could still like, or Cat will be alerted that he's escaped, and so we just make perfect sense to him. Um, but yeah, Loki I, has escaped at this point. I've I've sure I thought he did. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the way the way the scenes uh, cut across because we have I don't know. Well, okay, Loki does disappear at one point, and actually I've forgotten which way it's cut. Yeah. But I thought Steve and him were fighting by then. No, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, he thinks it's Loki. He's bound to think it's Loki because he's looking at himself. Yeah. Who else could do that? Yeah, and so they ha- they have a they have a fight. You know, he does the I can do this all day. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, good. And also, we get little seeded reminders of Peggy. Yeah, because he's like, where did you get that? Up, yeah, it's like, well, it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> and... it doesn't actually say that. It doesn't say anything. But a little reminder for us. But uh, Steve thinks on his feet. Says Bucky's still alive. And he goes, what? And and then sort of stuns him with the the staff, and then yeah. he go, looks like goes that is America's ass. That is America's <laughs> ass. <laughs> Quite uh, what he meant by saying that, I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, Steve has his staff, so we have one of the gems. Yeah. At the same time, thought uh, Hulk is having a long conversation with the uh, with Tilda Swinton. One. He's, he's she actually asked she astral projects him basically. She asked she punch she does the astral yeah. punch knocks him out of his body so she talks to like the force ghost of bruce banner for a while while hulk the body of the banner hulk i i enjoyed tilda swinton i did back. it was okay. nice it was nice to see her back um so yeah one of the only things i was a bit unsure about was like i wasn't sure if she knew like when like like re-watching doctor strange i wasn't sure like um danger one Always knew that Doctor Strange was was destined to, to come over. She's seen her death when she stood with Doctor Strange. Their mm. their Force Ghosts. I know that's not their names, but their Force Ghosts are talking to each other on the balcony or by the mm. window, whatever it is. And she says, "I never see past this point." And at that point, she's talking to Doctor Strange. She knows how her life pans out, and she knows where it ends. She's talking to Strange at the time of her death and says, "This is where I finish." So yeah, she knows when when Strange is due, and it's not yet, and that's why she says you're about five years too early. Mm. It's actually about four and a half, but that doesn't flow as elegantly. So yeah, five years too early. Uh, she also explains the, the the reason, like sort of about the 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 stones that if you if you take one of them, it will it will create an alternate reality which may be unknown. <clears throat> you don't you don't know. The so... one bit she says that doesn't quite make sense. She said. You, time as you understand it is is it, it makes time flow is what she said mm. and I'm thinking well Thanos destroyed the stones at the beginning is she trying to say time doesn't flow properly without the stones I think it might just be slightly inelegantly written I think what she's saying is time splinters if you move stones I think that's what she means mm. but it could literally I took it to mean at the start take the stones away and time doesn't run at all but anyway, what she's saying is, if you take the stone away, you create multiple realities because in the original run of things, all the stones were here. 
But I think that's, again, you could read it that way. It makes time flow as you know it because the stones were all in your reality. So that's what she's basically saying. And what she's saying is change anything and you will get branches. So so in other words, it's like, okay, we have to promise them to come back. We've been told the future from their perspective can't be changed, right? So in 2000, you change something in 2012, 2018 doesn't change because you've already experienced it, Mm. okay? So if you change something, you are changing, you are creating an alternate reality because your reality won't change. And that's why Cap has to take all the stones back at the end, put things back as they were. So as far as I can tell, what is definitely a branching timeline is Tony, is, is Loki. Loki disappears with the stone. And Thanos coming And they can never they can never change that one, yes. And Thanos uh, and Thanos coming out of the Guardians Galaxy yes. timeline. Um Yes. Well that will create an alternate timeline mm. for those Guardians, yeah, because Thanos wasn't there. So how different it is 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 open to debate, obviously. So um we've got one staff, they're about to get the second one in the lobby of the building, aren't they? And we've uh, never seen that as a busy working building because we only, yeah. we've only ever seen the Avengers in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or we bump into Robert Redford again. Was like, oh. Redford. Nice surprise because he's he's retired. You know what mm. I mean. So they got him back for this little cameo and kept him quiet. Uh, the Tesseract has been since World War Two in the possession of Shield again mm. in quotation marks. So he's there to grab it, and they won't let him. Well, we know in our original timeline that. It went back with Thor and Loki, so we know whatever they, however they interfere here, Aaron or Pierce is not getting this this stone, but yeah. they just feel the need to make sure. Oh, I think it's more about making sure they get it rather than he doesn't. Yeah, because obviously the Avengers will have kept it, and so yeah, they just induce a heart attack in 2012, Tony a non-fatal thing induced by Ant-Man going into the arc reactor. Yeah. Uh, kick away, Ant-Man then pushes away the... the uh, when it's dropped, he pushes away the case with the Tesseract in it. 2018, Tony picks it up, dressed as a SWAT guy, and he walks off full of, I've got it. And of course, the bit we've missed is, Thor, is uh, Hulk being forced to take the stairs. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, he just gets you know, knocked out by Thor, then the, the Tesseract um, goes... Hulk come flying out through the door because mm. he's taking the stairs because there's not the weight occupancy in the lift. The one thing I did notice is as he comes out that door and we get a reverse shot of him and he's going stairs like that, mm. that shot is repurposed from Age of Ultron. There's a bit of him screaming in Age of Ultron. It's the exact same facial expression. Uh-huh. So they, did, they didn't have to reanimate everything Hulk. They might have just had to relight it. Those cheapskates. So... so- <laughs> So they've got the time stone. He eventually says, well, Strange gave me the stone or yeah. gave stone away. She realizes there must have been a reason for that because I've seen how good Strange is. So he gives, she, so Banner gets the time stone. Tony loses the Tesseract, but they do have the mind gem. So they now haven't got the time gem and they've only got something you mentioned earlier. They've only got enough pin particles for a one return journey. Yeah. So they've got one journey left. So the- they send... They send Scott and Banner home. Well, they send Scott home. Banner makes his own way home. And uh, they now have, they've got one journey left they can do to find a Tesseract. And so they figure out, okay, what's our best plan? They decide to go back to uh, New Jersey in um, the home of uh, 
Shield in the seventies. Did that take you by surprise, Becca? Yeah, this is um, really surprising. I didn't expect the film to go here, and I was like, another moment where I fell off my chair. <laughs> Ted Danson style. Well, I think what, what really surprised me was they managed to de-age Michael Douglas even further. <laughs> not only that, Stan Lee. I know Stan Lee's epic seventies cameo, "Make Love Not War." I think that was very touching cameo, and saluted that moment. Yeah, definitely. Because what I really liked about it was just how like there was no build up; it just cut straight to it, and you just sort of see his car whiz back, and you just see yeah, Stan Lee sort of shout something. And you think, "Oh, that's Stan Lee!" And then, then yeah. But it was funny. It was light, and yeah. again, um, it's a bit like I, t- I tell you what I thought of is towards the end of Desmond Llewellyn's life, he was still able to play Q. You had to give it a bit of a pass because he was way too old to even be working yeah. as you know, in, in office terms. I don't mean acting terms. But it was all about how you framed it. So Goldeneye, which I know is a very popular film, but the way they shot the cue scene, all you could see was him reading idiot boards and not moving that well. And his big hands, which he probably had from heart failure and things like that. By the time they, they did Tomorrow Never Dies, they did a lot more cross-cutting and cut it together better. And I thought about that when I was thinking about the last few Stan Lee cameos. When we got Spider-Man Homecoming, he was shot from behind, sat on a chair because he was driving a bus, and it was momentary, and it was just a quick one-liner, and it was fine. When they did it in Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was a lingering look at him stood reading an idiot board, and, and it didn't work. Here, it's quick, it's throwaway, it's Stan closer to his peak because it's back in this time Stan Lee was creating all his famous characters. And it's a little defiant statement shouted at a soldier and comics were very counterculture. I loved it. I loved it. And, yeah. and we still haven't settled with the fact we're in 1970s New Jersey. <laughs> right? Amazing yeah. and mind-blowing. Yeah. They're there because they, they need to go to basically a base, a, a shield base, because Hank Pym is working there, and if they're going to get back, they need more Pym particles, but they need it to be somewhere where the Tesseract is. So they need to find somewhere where Howard Stark and Hank Pym were in the same place at the same time. And it turns out to be about six weeks before Tony is born. If you look at Tony Stark's um, fictional biography, it's like late May, and this is like early to mid-April 1970. The, the character is about five years younger than Downey. So yeah, so we eat they they have a plan to split up him get the um the the tesseract and um for, to get the pimp party. Yeah to, um, for the turn journey. He's gotta get the tesseract. Yeah. Mainly because he's iron and he's got like enough technology in his watch and stuff that he can, you know, form a hand and break mm. through something to get the tesseract out and he'll know roughly where it was on a shield base. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we see, as Becca said before, we see a, a, a very young-looking Michael Douglas. I thought that was okay. He would have been really young as well. Mm. I mean, when you think Hank Pym's not like ninety odd, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If he's like Michael Douglas, about seventy-five or something. This is forty-eight years before the events of Infinity War. So, in fact, I think Michael Douglas turned seventy-five this year. So, if you were to say forty-nine years ago. Do you know what I mean? The guy's mm. twenty six, yeah, roughly. Which, uh, which, which, which is fine because he, he, he's kind of like this like kooky scientist, isn't he? Really, he's like yeah, that's he's fine. genius. 
and they are geniuses. Yeah, he's like Tony in another flavor. And in fact, mm. in the comics, he created Ultron anyway. So he's got like a similar intellect, really, I suppose. And you see like was... the old um, Ant-Man helmet. I didn't spot it. Did we? Yeah, well, it was like kind of this big metallic thing with the antenna. But it's like the, uh, I the did. old... I did. It didn't register. It says the camera's spanning yeah. across towards where he's on the phone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So that's fairly straightforward. For, well, there's two things about um, Cap's journey. Firstly, they're nearly caught, so mm. he has to dart into an office because he was talking to somebody in an elevator who reports them. Mm. Um, but he darts accidentally into uh, the office of one Margaret Carter. Oh, Peggy. And yeah, you see, he sees her through like, the window, doesn't he? Um, he sees the photo of himself on the desk first. Mm. And what I love is... Uh, we we said this in our review, didn't we? What was touching was she loved little Steve, mm. not Steve's penis. Just to be sure, <laughs> not little Steve is not a euphemism. She loved him when he was small. She loved him before he became the the mm. chiselled lantern jaw hero. And the, the the little Steve that threw that threw himself on the hand grenade when he thought it was. And alive. that's what she's got. On the, that's what she's got on the desk. Mm. That leads me directly to one of my theories at the end of the film, which the Russos have now debunked. But there you go. He sees Peggy when she would have been about 50, although she doesn't look it. Yeah. A little bit inconsistent on ageing through this film. She still looks very good there, although she's clearly a little bit older. Yeah, she does look good here, definitely. Well, Hayley Atwell, so... uh... (laughs) I'm sure she doesn't age. There's a thing, uh, randomly on on a Bond thread, some of the guys were like... It was like page three, basically. But um, the kind of post photo of like of Olga Kurylenko is like she hasn't aged in ten years. <laughs> she looks better. I didn't she, think she looked she that looks amazing. Quantum of Solace. Every time I've seen her since, she looks great. Eva Green's the freaky one because she still looks the same as when she played Vesper. She's like Dorian she's Gray. I'm well, sure she was. She she's was twenty six. She was twenty six in that film. She's going to turn thirty nine in a couple of months. She, she could plausibly still do a flashback. She could quite easily. Very glamorous ladies. Isn't yeah. she isn't she dating Tim Burton now? I think she is. Eve Green. I don't know. I haven't read that. Really? It's possible, I suppose. Is that what no, you said? Um, well, I, th- I think because she's definitely Tim Burton's new muse, in quotation marks. So, um, she is a little bit. That I, does, I, bit I, I, I thought she lived with some fella, but I, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, that's just speculation. Um... Back to Endgame. Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, so Tony has like basically the, the chance to speak to his dad, the chance to, the chance that he never never got to. It's a bit of a photo finish between this and Michael Douglas, but I think this is the worst de aging effect in the film. John Slattery looks like a fucking waxwork. Um, they've got thousands of effects to do. I don't want to be too harsh on it, but if I if I had to pick on like. What's your, what's your least favourite effect in this film? It would be this. There's a few times when Hulk blinks and stuff, but it, it I mean, that's minor in an entirely digital character. But yeah, I think this looks rather waxy. But it's a lovely scene. Just the fact that he didn't have the closest relationship with mm. his dad. You felt that kind of when he watched the video in Iron Man 2, the, the film reel, and it's like, my greatest achievement you and that sort of mm. thing if that's indeed the exact dialogue because it's been a while and just to feel that connection and even in civil war he replayed that bit in his mind where they were going out to die and he never said anything he didn't mm. know they were going to die but he wouldn't know what to say to them 
to have that moment of closeness and bond over fatherhood as well. I've got a daughter. Yeah, and yeah. Howard says, well, at least there's a shot she wouldn't turn out like me. And just to admit his failings, he doesn't know that's his son. Hmm. But his son has never heard his father admit his failings, which was, I was entirely too selfish. I I was quite touched by all yeah. this. And he, uh, and he gives him a hug, says, uh, thank you for and everything. You're uh, done uh, for the country. <laughs> yeah. Have I met that guy? And it's the first time you explicitly get somebody from one of the TV shows there. Mm. Or just from one of the TV shows there. Because Old you Jarvis. See Jarvis. Yeah. Good yeah. Old Jarvis. Yeah. He also doesn't look any different. Well, yeah, and, and also, they seem to found a guy who sounds exactly like Paul Bettany, don't they? Yeah, I thought that. I did see the first few Agent Carter episodes. I can't say I loved it. I didn't dislike it either. I just wasn't ever desperate to watch more when I finished an episode sort of thing. And I thought it then. When I saw it, I was like, my God, they really have got kind of a sound alike there. You can see why Tony yeah. Stark would have gone on to design it the way he did. If that was like almost an Alfred to him. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. so, yeah. But then there's been a lot of Batman in this take anyway. So, yeah, they, they head off. They've got what they need. And, uh, yeah, they all come back, realise uh, Natasha's gone. Bit of a bit of a mourning period. I did notice on my last viewing, I think, the very last words before they head back in time is Natasha. And she says, see you in a minute. Mm. It's just the last words she says to everyone, it's a light and breezy see you in a minute. The last person to speak is the one person they'll never, we don't you know, they don't realise they've been swapped. But yeah, a bit of grief off over that. A little bit of a scene by the lake, you know, Thor throws a mm. bench and um, Thor no, it's is given, Hulk throws a so bench. Hulk, Hulk, I keep saying Thor when I mean Hulk, I do mean Hulk. Um, Hulk throws a bench, Thor gives them a lecture about, you know, we're going to bring them all back and Barton has to explain to him it's a one-way deal, yeah. she's gone. And I think that's about it, is it for that bit? Yeah, the they, next bit is the whole they, you reversing the snap. They've got yeah. all the stones now. So they so they put on like this sort of like you know Stark gauntlet, put the stones in, then they have a debate about who who should do it. Um, Thor naturally says, "Well, I'm the strongest, so I should do it." But um, they, turn, they they say, "Well, no, because you know it could, could possibly could kill you. You know, it should be, we should we should decide. You know, we should sort of like consider who it should be, and then." Obviously, Banner says, "Well, it should be me because it's I'm mostly Gamma, so I, the, I'm I'm yeah. probably the one." Yeah, because he says, "I'm the god of lightning," and he says, "Yeah, that won't help you." And he said, it, "It's Gamma mainly, yeah. and so it's almost like I was made for this." And and it, and it does actually seriously damage him. Even the Hulk, you know, it it burns it, him right up to the yeah. side of his neck. Yeah, and uh, he has a healing factor, the Hulk. So I don't know if. We checked in with him like weeks after the events of this film, whether he would slowly heal. Mm. But obviously, know. we're not going to find out anytime soon. But no. yeah, he's badly burnt by this, and he does reverse the snap. We only get one clue it's worked, and that is the face of Scott Lang originally to start with, yeah. looking out the window. And then the buttons, phone rings. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't keep that cell phone going for five years. You know, <laughs> that wouldn't work. But, of course, it does work. So he speaks to her. So we know everybody's back. And, and, Rem, and to... Remmer's reaction, I, I think, is perfect. Wonderful. This is kind of, like, hesitant, kind of... And then try, try and remain casual. Like, 
barely able to speak. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, but of course, at the same time, Nebula is, is uh, has got Thanos back. Just mm. as the snap was about to happen, he threw, sort of threw, through, flew through the portal. And then, um, um, as Banner's like looking up, he just sees the ship fire down. What I didn't re- realize at the time, because it came through the portal and it mm. and it was like a ship size, yeah, but it was still returning to normal size, yeah. Just by the time it's in the sky, it's massive. Because mm. I have heard people say, well, where did all those armies come from? That ship is massive. I think the implication is they were all on that ship. Yeah. Whether that's feas- plausible or feasible, I don't know. But that's what it is. So, yeah, they're attacked immediately. The very fact most that they all survived this is a miracle. Or or a little bit implausible, whichever way yeah. you want to put it. Because the place is decimated. you got Hulk like, holding up like a large section of it, haven't you? And they're like tr- trying to trying to get out um you have Thanos just sit there waiting while uh, old nebula um sort of uh sort of t- t- he tells her to sort of like bring me bring me the gauntlet um and yeah you you kind of have the almost like this this alien kind of thing with Barton with uh the those little cr- those creatures like down the tunnel and then he, and he's got he's got the gauntlet so like um so it's it's very it's very alien in terms of like the small tunnel kind of thing. Yes, yeah, it is. Um, what is there? What else is there to say about this? Really, we we get into like we're, we're into action now, really, aren't we? Pretty much. Um, you have. It's Cap Thor and Tony first. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos comes down to the ground. Uh, Nebula goes off to find him the stones while he waits, mm. and Thor, Tony, and Cap go out to see him. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Gamora kind of has a uh, a moment with New Nebula because she she figures out like that there there's a difference in the fact that they, that she's now changed. She's like Caesar is more of a sister. So for all that Nebula, who's still relatively like good, even though she's not as softened as previously. Yeah, she she goes to help us, so they go and like. Uh, Go and go and help out. So yeah, so but you have Cap Four and Iron Man are trying to take on uh, Thanos. Thanos explains the fact that he's actually grateful now because now you show me that it doesn't work. I have to change my thinking. So he's gonna have to like he's gonna have to. He's sort of right. What he's saying is that I take away half, expect half to be grateful. Mm. It's now become clear that the very fact you can remember means you you can't move on. There will always be people who cannot move on. So all I can do is remove you all and replace you with people who have no memory of this. Mm. So it's, you know, Star Trek films, it it won't work like this, but it's almost like the Genesis effect. They're going to create a completely new Matrix a la Star Trek and get rid of what was there. Absolutely. Um, So that, yeah, there's pretty strong stakes there because no one is going to survive now. And to be given they've only just been resurrected, we haven't met them yet, but we know they have. Um, That's pretty major. As it sets off into a fight now, um, Thor is, um, they know it's a trap. Thor immediately summons lightning, so he's fairly powerful still. Um, And they all go after him, basically, don't they? Mm ebbs and flows on it but i think the key point here is it takes three of them to he can keep up with three of them even without the stones yeah and cap wields monia yeah that was 
Now, I wasn't sure about this at first, because this, this is the part where I thought, oh, okay, this is just fan service now. Though... I... He's got that, and Stormbreaker, the giant axe. So he's got, like, two legendary weapons, one of which he eventually learns to cap. So you take the we're small to- one. I mean, we're talking about cap specifically, and I think it's been teased right the way back yeah. from Age, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. I kind of liked it as, like, a little joke. You know, you see Ratchet over Thor's face. Just like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's probably it, it's probably a thing in the comics anyway. So, like, you know, and and to be honest, at this point, I think Marvel kind of earned it. So, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, fine, him, whatever. And I, it's been again a lot of think pieces on because it's not something you move a bit. Yeah, he did in Age of Ultron, and you know, is it? And re- residual guilt over Tony's parents, something like that, which didn't get cleared up until Civil War. You know, he wasn't quite worthy enough, and now his conscience is clearer. Lots of different ways to look at it, but I think it was actually always moving in this direction. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if when the Russos came on board, it was something they thought might eventually happen down the line anyway. But either way... um. That said, he still gets his ass handed to him. Uh, Tony is knocked out briefly. Uh, Thor is kind of badly beaten. And Cap has his shield half broken. Carries on. He soldiers on literally, no, no pun intended, with that half a sword, uh, half a shield. But as they're on the verge of beating, being beaten, he suddenly gets radio contact yeah. from Sam. Now, one thing you've got to overlook is he has radio contact with everyone in the rest of this film. How that works when they've just appeared from five years ago, I don't know, but we'll give it that pass. Yeah. Cap, who was earthbound in the first film and would have had no contact with Peter Parker, etc. How has radio contact with everyone? But it is nice. When it, Falcon's voice comes through on your left. Yeah. And you see... Um, um, like a, a series of portals open. Yeah, and first it's all Black the wizards Panther. back. Yeah, all the, yeah. Well, everyone's back. Like, well, yeah, you... but they open all the portals, and they are portals. Everyone has been resurrected mm. where they died, which makes me wonder if you were dusted crossing the road, <laughs> you could be brought back five years later as a car goes through. You could be resurrected in midair on a plane that's no longer there. <laughs> You could be resurrected in bed doing your wife as she's now doing somebody else five years later. What well, what if there's a building like built where where you were Well just you in... were sat in a field having a picnic and now you're like <laughs> encased in concrete. Yeah. Yeah. You come back to find your house has been sold, your job's been taken, your wife's remarried. Yeah. It's fraught with stuff you don't want to think about really. <laughs> But yeah, they are all in the locations they were, and the wizards are opening, or the sorcerers are opening portals to those areas. So when you see Black Panther, and he's the first one we see, which got a gasp and a re- It tells me how much Black because when we saw T'Challa, I think they chose him partly because he has a distinctive silhouette. Hmm. So you can show him and hint at who he is more than a lot of other characters. But there was a gasp and a T'Challa. I heard every audience say that. So Black Panther has really hit public consciousness. It wasn't just the United States. But T'Challa comes back with um, Shuri, and I don't know who the other one was, because Akoya was already... Unless she was already in Wakanda. It might have been Akoya. 
but she wasn't undusty, if you like. Mm. Um, and sort of Titan is where Spider-Man and Strange and all that come back from. So they're all coming back from wherever they died. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also like Strangers has like managed to like sort of speak to uh, uh, Wong from. Yeah, he's he's done a bit of ringing around. Yeah, he's like, you've got everyone. Like, <laughs> you wanted more. Uh, yeah, we basically sort of basically see a massive army sort of turn up be- behind him with all all the all the Avengers, everyone everyone back. And up. through the wreckage of the Avengers building, we yeah. did see Scott Lang in tiny form, and eventually he's found everyone. Yeah. expands out to giant size to return Hulk um, to the battlefield with yeah. Rocket and um, and Rhodey. And uh, yeah, and then so we, everyone is there. And then um, it's it's Avengers assemble. Which he says really quietly. Yeah. It's like, speak up, Steve. And not only that, <laughs> they are assembled. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you said the line. I'm, I'm, only, I'm making fun of it. It was a brilliant line. But yeah. It Avengers? was a nice moment. Assemble! What? What did you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? What oh, we're, charge- we're, we're charging all, now. We're, all, we're running. Okay. We're, all, we're already here, Cap. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's basically just a big... What do we want to say about this end battle? Really, if anything, um, it, it's just basically just sort of like, well, just have a bunch of character moments. You know, uh, Wanda gets a, a moment to kick Thanos' ass. Um, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are because you it's an earlier Thanos. Um, Black Panther, yeah, yeah. Um, Peter re- reunited with a very, very relieved Tony. Yeah, gives it. Tony's desperate to hug him, and it's normally Peter who wants to hug, and Peter's just mm-hmm. like, "This is nice." Um, Thanos yeah, Quill, hasn't got the stones Quill at the gets uh, a kick in the balls twice from yeah. Gamora because he, he doesn't know that that's all Gamora. Um, <laughs> now the original plan, because the time sort of circuits are destroyed for want of for a better word, Ant Man realizes Scott realizes that Van is still there and there's a the quantum realm can be accessed through that. So the current plan is to get the Infinity Gauntlet to that to get it, you know, away into another realm. That's the plan, originally. So that's what the first half of this battle is. The second half of this battle is Thanos destroys that and they're trying to keep it, keep the stones away from him. And eventually yeah. he gets it onto his hand. But he's about to snap. And, of course, there's a moment between Strange and Tony. Is this yeah. one of the forty? Is this the one of the fourteen million? Yeah, he said. He, and actually, he, he he does explain to him that um, it's like, well, if I told, it, look, if I tell you, it won't happen. Yeah, and, it, and, 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 he, and he still means like even now, even now up to the point because if he tells him that he has to do this, it it, it will jeopardize everything. So it's um, more the fact that what Tony does is entirely instinctive. Yeah. Exactly. It's not something you even want to think about. It's not that he wouldn't do it. It's that it just wouldn't line up the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we've been leading to this. Firstly, I am Iron Man, the last line of the first film. Yeah. Firstly, Iron Man being the start of this universe. Tony Stark being the one who wanted to put the suit of armor around the world. Tony Stark being responsible in his own mind for the dustings in the first film, although he wasn't, but he took upon himself that he lost. Tony not wanting to come back. Tony talking earlier in the film about not wanting to lose what he has. Um, (coughs) This had to be Tony Stark. Tony Stark had to close this chapter. 
and, I, and, I, and it's the perfect line. I think like the, just the fact that he managed to sort of to get the, the stones off him and and then blend in his Iron Man suit, uh, and you also have the the in this one you you, you do get the the established Thanos line is like, I am inevitable. I think you get it like twice and he says it again as he clicks yeah. and it's like real. He and says he realizes, it earlier in the film and then we hear him say it again on the recording that yeah. younger Thanos is re-searing and then we hear it at the end. So we hear, there's two line deliveries but we hear them a total of three times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Tony responds with I am Iron Man, clicks and then thus Thanos and everyone else. And I think it's just a, it's just yeah. a paper now, way to end and it was emotional. It mm. got me. It got me because Tony is clearly mortally wounded to start with. It was clear. I mean, you watch trailers for Far From Home and and he's saying, I, j- I just want to get away for the summer, spend mm. some time with AJ. And it's like, you're trying to get over something. And we all knew it, but there was enough misinformation out there about it might be Steve and stuff like that, that there was a degree of doubt. But logically, Tony Stark had to die here. Yeah. Right from the very last film and the talking of marriage. But I'm glad they didn't do a few things. They didn't go back to 2018. They didn't bring everyone back. So prime timeline Loki is dead. Heimdall is almost certainly dead. And so on. Um, if you yeah, die, we don't really see from any of the Asgard crew, do we, I guess? But they're dead. Exactly. They're dead. The only people that have been brought back are those they that died in the stand. Yeah. And they've lost five years. And, you know, so there's stakes and I've complained all the way through that death is meaningless. And mm. suddenly, no, it isn't. There yeah, are yeah. two, at least, real deaths in this. Three if you count Thanos, more if you count continuity, Voldemort and etc. <laughs> oh, yeah, th- those lot make a return as well. <laughs> Briefly, um, just to die again. But those that do survive, survive with their reality changed. Mm. and that's not very comic book and they've only been able to do it because they're ending a chapter and the next films will focus on other things so they're able to do it for once because mm. there's not another issue of Iron Man due on the shelves next week so absolutely perfect way to end the war section if mm. you like of this film if, yeah well everything else is just I mean uh, yeah, it's it's perfect way to end Tony's art because um, it's everything's been building up to it like everything, everything from the establishment of his character through Age of Ultron and that, you know, through through the Avengers films. And starting so selfish, you go back yeah. and watch the first few minutes of Iron Man now, and he's a drunken gambling yeah. playboy who doesn't really care about anything but himself. And it's even more establishing, like not to say what Tony said, but in terms of what Pepper says to him, it's just like when he's literally dying, and he's like, "It's okay, everyone's safe. You can rest now." And it's just like she says, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, that that that's actually the thing that unexpectedly broke me. It was just the fact that it's telling him you can you can stop. You, you can stop. And during Age worrying. of Ultron, I think Fury says to him something like, "There's always another mission." Effectively, mm. you know that bad guys will continue to arise, and actually, we've got a definitive end. Your mission, Tony, is over. Yeah. Even the suit, I don't like the nanotech, but it had to, he had to get it that far to be able to wield the Infinity Stones. Mm. So everything has just reached the apex of what he could do, and he had everything. It was a it was a full life. He did he didn't see his mm. daughter to adulthood, but I'm glad they didn't undo that. They didn't undo that kid's life. Yeah, you know, 
we've lived with an altered future rather than a reset of a present. So that daughter is there now, and it, she got four or five years of wonderful relationship with her father. Mm. He got to be a dad, the dad that his dad never got to be, because he effectively retired to do it. I just think it's all perfect. I mm. got quite emotional during it, I have to say. The rest of the film was just basically just sort of Blob City, really. Like, anything beyond this. Yeah, I mean, even the funeral scene, yeah. I should have found that cringe-making, but I thought it was just perfect to just reflect. The music reminded me of when you get, like, in-memoriam sections mm. at the, the uh, award ceremonies, as it sort of went through the crowd of people, starting with those closest to him. So it started with Pepper and Morgan. Then it was, like, Happy and Roadie and so on. And it worked right the way through. Like and then distinct groups of people and stuff like that. And it did you spot the the guy at the end? I did. That was the young boy from Iron Man Three. Yeah. At first, I thought who was that, and I thought, oh, hold on a minute. I was like, oh, he's done some growing up. Well, I knew because I heard when they cast him, and they're like, well, how are they going to figure that out? Yeah, what's he coming? He's not going to look like a little kid anymore. So they can't just go. Here's an Iron Man Three bit, and there were rumors of contract. They included him, so it's very lovely. Yeah. Um, no, I knew who he was because I heard when he was cast. I was more surprised that it wasn't until then and it was wordless, but it works. It does. And proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Mm. Yeah. Just like, how beautiful. And you had, uh, yeah, you sort of, it, it, even like sort of like the panning of everyone just felt like a comic book strip. You sort of see everyone there. like. But it was just a moment yeah. to reflect on everything. Mm. It was a moment to go look what they did they couldn't do it and it would be ridiculous but i'd have almost forgiven them if they'd had a group of the directors there do you know what i mean yeah. i'd have almost forgiven them if they celebrated the whole universe and had like ken branner and so on mm. as like guests at the funeral far too meta and it would have been shit believe me <laughs> but i would you would have almost... gone you would have given it a pass but it got no but it it almost has that vibe that it's mm. celebrating them all yeah but they can only obviously celebrate on screen talent with the exception of John Favreau, who's done both. Mm. Um, um, and there's a cheeseburger reference as well. That's a that, that bit actually got me quite unexpectedly. The, uh, what do we just sort of like says, Oh, what do you want for dinner? Like, Oh, how are cheeseburgers? Cheeseburger. Yeah. Your dad likes cheeseburgers. And he, he, he says, he says, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. Is that, is that a reference to Iron Man as well? I'm also thinking it's that in the Iron Man. He says, "No, he doesn't say I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. It's just I, I've got you. I'll look after yeah. you." That's that's all that line is, and it's playing on cheeseburgers because oh, you remind me of your dad. Yeah, um, just just lovely. Uh, there's another little uh, nice moment with Wanda and um, Barton where uh, he's just sort of reflecting. So I just wish I could just tell her that it works. Yeah. Which is like, which is kind of like what you would do when someone's someone's made that sacrifice for you. You're just like, I wish I could just somehow they just don't let know. Them. They just don't know what they did, and they weren't at the funeral, so we've got to talk mm. about them. Um, and we've got to talk about Vision now. Vision's never been one. I like Paul Bettany, the actor, but I don't like Vision the character very much. So I was really glad they didn't find a way back mm. for him. But obviously, in universe, that love story was sold to me quite mm. quickly. So it was a quite efficient filmmaking. And you can see the beginnings of it. Again, I watched Age of Ultron today. Wanda is saved by Vision when she's about to die. The one that saves her is Vision. She's, he's, he's always been the one that looked after her. 
So, yeah, um, although it was all to go back to her original accent. <laughs> um, and then I suppose it's the sign-off stuff with the stones. The stones yeah. have to go back. Nice that Hulk, they acknowledged Hulk's um, love for Black Widow as well. Just that yeah. I tried. I tried really hard during the stab. Now... Because we forget. I, I have a theory, right? Uh, because we know they're going to do a Black Widow movie. Uh, some, I don't know if they're going to do a prequel, but I have a theory that the fact that they might have... Be, because, as you said, Dave, when they do the click, they turn up where they were, you were. So we could have Black Widow on that planet. I.e. he goes to give the stones back and there she is. Well, or that's something. true. That's true, yeah. Nice. I forgot about that. But, yeah, we don't nice. know. I mean, that was just a thought I, I thought of... Uh, it's possible. I, I really... I, I just don't know. Yeah. I, um... But it's, it's something to think about, isn't it? Because we don't, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Because it, it, the thing it, is, we, it, we want everything cleared up. And although the saga's done, there'll be hanging threads with Peter yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, we're, we're about to get onto one with Cap in that I had a theory that played in my head. And the directors have said something different. So who knows? But in the interest of just moving things on, they've got to get the stones back, haven't they? And yeah. the idea is to take them back, as promised, to where they came from. The only thing that did occur to me is I think him handing back the stole stone might be a bit awkward, given it's to the Red Skull. <laughs> Eeyaw, mate. Oh, hello. What have you been up to? I will, I will, I will. You, you, like, you know, you need to sacrifice. Uh, well, I'm giving it back, mate. <laughs> no, you can have it. I don't want it. Have you got your receipt? <laughs> A sacrifice must be Can I given. Exchange to... it for another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's Hulk arranging all that for him to go back. They've obviously built a new one outside, so we don't know how much later this is. Falcon is there as is Bucky, and they send him off. And as established earlier, it's in the five, four, three, two, one. He'll be back, and he doesn't turn up back. And then suddenly they see an old man on a bench. Yeah. Now um, I, I didn't clock this in the first few ones but obviously because he says goodbye to uh, Bucky first um, yeah. that's before he goes but Bucky knew but like Bucky knew like that was, that was the plan so that's why he says goodbye to Bucky I still haven't picked that up but I read it today in what the director said Yeah. Uh, so, Falcon knew Bucky uh, Falcon didn't know Bucky did I didn't pick that which up which is why Bucky years. nudged Falcon to go because I did wonder I was like how the fuck would he know yeah Unless he could just sense Steve somehow. I don't mean some sort of weird ESP. I just mean he would just instinctively know yeah. that's my friend. It's an old man. It's a, it's a child that Richard Chamberlain had with Christopher <laughs> Plummer. Um, Defied the laws of biology. In. <laughs> yeah. Um, my cast iron theory was one of... It had to be one of two things in my head. It was either Cap did form an alternate universe, if you like. But it would only stay alternate until the timeline realigned, if you like. So with Peggy being dead and Sharon, who got off with Uncle Steve, oops, uh, not being around and so on, the, he's now back in their universe because he has stayed out of their timeline mm. so long. He's been, it's now the same timeline. But the second thought that occurred to me is because there was still a picture of Steve on the desk in Peggy's office, it did occur to me maybe this is how it always was. This is when she talked about she married mm. someone and it was someone Steve saved. Well, technically, what she's talking about, he did save himself as well. 
So maybe he was always married on the quiet to Steve Rogers, who then lived under the radar. Yeah. <clears throat> and there'd be a few close people who would know about it or whatever. And as time went on and he got older and people would go, well, he no longer looks like the same man. That would be it. And of course, he would know when young Steve was going into the hospital to see her and stuff like that or the hospice. Mm. So he could stay out of the way. But the directors have said no. He lived in a completely alternate timeline. And yeah, as for how he got back with this, the uh, shield, there's a story there. And that's all they've said to date. That's, well, you know what? I kind of I kinda like your take on it, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's either a realigning timeline or it always was. Yeah. I prefer the it always was. But then we don't know what we're going to get next. And Bucky and uh, Bucky and... Falcon will be having a TV series. We don't know if Chris Evans may have something in Phase 4. We can't swear he won't. It might be covered in the whole Black Widow story, depending on whether that's all prequel or not. So we'll just have to wait and see. What did you make of the scene generally, folks? I cried my eyes out. (laughs) Yeah, I got a bit blubby as well. I mean, Cap's always got a little bit of a... I've always got a bit of a soft spot for Cap anyway. Um, So it's just like, you know... We see the the wedding band, and he, 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 but know. even that's just lovely because yeah. they've they've done what he would do that extra hand on top that yeah. warm exactly it's beautiful and like even at the you know sort of towards the end when he's like oh would you, would you like to tell me about it and he's like actually no I don't you know I just got and that's why I thought that I can't I can't I best not tell you anything because everything was just a secret anyway you know exactly it was, it was just you know it was it was for him and that's you know. That's you, what it should be. Do you want to tell me about her? No. I don't think it's no, you're fine. <laughs> Cuts back to a we assume nineteen forties at latest early fifties street. Mm. Nice you know, little house and he's dancing with her and we go from that music straight into the credits. Yeah. And I'm I really am going at that stage because yeah, that, that's but, a music that ins, instills nostalgia anyway. Even though that's an era we didn't live in, you play music of that age, and suddenly it's kind of nostalgic. Mm. Um, and then, of course, we went into the credits, and the signatures got me because they had the respect to separate out off the last six, stylize it, do signatures, and finish with Downey. They had to finish the film with Steve to give us something upbeat, but you have to finish this phase or this saga because it's not the phase; it's the saga with Tony and I I was even crying over that yeah it, it, it feels very much appropriate doesn't it and um, I just thought they ended both uh, Steve and Tony's arcs perfectly um, in, in term, it, you know in terms of full circle and um, just just a right right amount of emotion I, I, I thought you know whoever holds you can probably pick at this film I think ultimately they ended it perfectly and it just felt right for this. Let's go straight to final thoughts, folks, because we're running epically long. Yeah. Becca, final thoughts on the film generally. Epic. Perfect ending to this series. Four out of five. Four. <laughs> no, five out of five. Clearly five. Five stars. All the way. It's not perfect, but five stars. I would agree with Mark Komode that it is a victory lap. And one hell of a victory lap it is. Yeah, it kind of plays out like a, a greatest hits, um, uh, and and and, that, and there's nothing actually wrong with that at all. Um, 
one of the things I did feel though was a, was a real sense of finality about it. It even got me thinking what Marvel's future would be like beyond this. They're sure they'll continue to have hits and and other films and, and things, but I just I just have a, a sense of I don't think I'll ever like have the same weight anymore. Like I don't think we'll. I think it's going to be a while since we have another Avengers. They've got to build film. again. Yeah, I think they'll do better. I think they'll do better than Phase One, on average. But you've got to think back like that again. Mm. It's not like we reset and we're kind of around where we were at Civil War or something. It's going to yeah. take time. I, I I just don't think there's going to be probably an Avengers film per se. Uh, I think we, if we're going to we're going to have boy like a few more team up sort of more galaxy type sort of films like you know because you've got four with the Guardians of the Galaxy which uh, which sounds real like a really fun addition really you know I think it, it, it'll, it'll fit right in um, so I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that um, and yeah you know we've obviously got Captain Marvel that'll be more space centric I would have thought I've also you got like sort of Earth based like Black Panther and Spider-Man and whatnot. so I guess we'll just wait and see I mean you're right it will have to like sort of rebuild again essentially I think it's going to take a while but I think it's going to be completely different so I just I just wonder whether it will, it will cover the Tony and Cap um, sort of space shoes I don't know I wonder if it will fill, fill those shoes I don't know but we'll um I guess we'll see. I, I certainly felt a sense of, well, that this is an end. Do you know what I mean? There was a really good, strong sense of finality about it. Absolutely. And I think that made it more emotional. I think that made it... I agree with all these victory laps statements, by the way, and I agree with all the greatest hits things, but they had things to say with it. They, they, it, was a, it, was almost more, it was more like a definitive statement. It was more like when you finish an essay and your, your whole final paragraph is the summation of what's come before and you're referring back things to things you've said and so on. And I think that that's what this is. I think it's the it's the exclamation mark at the end of something that even Marvel couldn't swear they'll be able to repeat. And they've watched studio after studio fuck this up. So... Um, what they've done is extraordinarily special. To be honest, at this length of show, I'm not really going to add an awful lot more there. I'm just going to say the rankings episode will be difficult because we're not ranking oranges v. oranges. and We're ranking very different things. And to measure this against something like The Winter Soldier is very tough. I am going to be re-watching some stuff in the next few weeks uh, before we actually do rank it. As a filmmaking, as a feat of filmmaking, this is every bit as impressive as Infinity War, but more so because they have to draw all the threads to a conclusion rather than just leave us open mouthed. And I used to, and I was drawing the distinction there that it was like a good film, but 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 it's greater filmmaking. Here, it's great filmmaking in pursuit of a great film. And I just think I'll leave it there, folks. Can we just do social media quickly? Yeah. For me, you, for me, it's the pasty at the pasty kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the old shows at simtrotsco.uk. And if you want, you can follow us on Twitter at Expect as a Talk. You can drop us an email, expectstalk at gmail.com. And you can follow us on YouTube and iTunes. Type in Do You Expect as a Talk? Please give us a glowing five star review. And yeah, come see us there. And we also can be found on Stitcher and occasionally on Podbean. But I'd recommend heading over to Chris's website and also search for us on iTunes and YouTube. 
Wonderful. So we're not done with Marvel. We're done with the saga. We're done with reviewing stuff. But we've got three things to come. Uh, the very last thing will be a rankings episode, which I'm looking forward to because it's quite difficult. So I think we'll have lots to say and there'll be lots of caveats and lots of, yeah, but this. And I'm, I'm, this is better than that, but I've had to rank it below this for that reason. And lots of stuff like that that wasn't really there with some of our other series. So that's going to be interesting. I'm Before really struggling that, with that. Yeah. I know. I've got I've got a ranking I've because uh, I'm rewatching. I've got like my top three maybe as far as I've got so far. Oh you're only nineteen to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Before that we've got a music episode with Charlie. But next, our phase three commentary. Sign us off, Chris. Oh, it's my choice, isn't it? Oh well. Yeah, do you decide? The the irony is though. I would have chosen Endgame actually, if 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 oh. if, if, it, if it would if it were possible. Um, but alas, you know, I don't think uh, the public will take to us to to start recording. Stuff know, even, if, even, <laughs> even if we found a rip, it's dodgy, in it. But it's been in cinemas all week. <laughs> just we'll just go in with recording equipment and go like so. <laughs> um, so I've made my decision, and do you expect to talk? We'll return with Black Panther.